Ron and Fez. The Ron and Fez Show, official radio show of the coming Armageddon. Coming up on the next Ron and Fez Show, we start targeting manger scenes for this year's War on Christmas. Then we go inside to see exactly what's in Tony Saragusa's colon. The Ron and Fez Show, test on animals first for your safety. Sirius 197, XM202, the virus. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. This is Dave Herman, and we're at the A&R Studios in New York City for an evening of entertainment. We have perhaps um, 100, 125 people in the studio to enjoy it here. Would you welcome very warmly those of you at home, those of you here, Mr. Elton John. Man, I am dead, and I'm spent. 
get down to it, boppers. Ah, uh, buddies. Ah, uh, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Call in with your Ichibans. Let's get this one started. I don't know oh, where to begin We are North Americans And for those of you who still think we're from England We're not, no We put our plates and our trades till we think we might die Far from North America Where the buildings are old And you might have lots of mimes It's the Ron Fez Show. Hicks started us off from, uh, with a little Elton John from the album uh, 171170. And uh, I think that's the English uh, title of it. We call it 111770 over here. Yeah, come on. But that's with uh, Dave Herman. Dave Herman uh, did that live on the radio here in New York City. How long ago, Fez? Um, I would say, what? Uh, 40, year, 40 years ago, this very day. Uh, 40 years ago, today, that was a live broadcast. And Elton John, still out touring, still out doing shit. That's so fucking cool, man. It's fucking ridiculous. It feels like that just doesn't happen anymore. And well, you know, it's very, very weird. I was talking to Rob Cross about this, and he said that he spends a lot of time just uh, taking stuff and throwing it in the vault. Oh. So he goes, a lot of this stuff that he's, you know, doing here when we're recording uh, albums and letting people come in and do unplug yeah. sets and all that, that shit just gets thrown back in someplace, and then years from now. It'll be even more valuable. Why are you making faces? It's a very good idea. Well, people need to hear this stuff. Why they are this hearing it on the radio now, obviously. These are live shows. But then the point is, you hear them later, and it's going to be even fucking cooler. Throw some bootlegs there, Rob. Come on. I don't understand what your fucking problem is with that. It's a fucking perfectly brilliant idea. But if you think one of the suits does it, then it's somehow a negative idea. I thought it was great. Why can't everyone be their own vault? They are putting it away. You do whatever you want with it, but he's trying to make sure it doesn't get lost. You know, I don't know who's more negative. You were Watley right now in my life. Negative. What I need, yes, negative. What I need is a nice, positive person just around me to reflect a little sunlight on me. I'm Be very positive, Ron. Come on. You have no idea how obnoxious you can get when you're drinking those alcoholic energy drinks. What? Yesterday was not a, a pleasant day to be around you in the meeting. I heard fuck this and fuck that, and everybody's a bunch of assholes. 
I apologize. It's the loco talking. That's right. Then maybe you shouldn't be drinking it at work then, Frisky. Maybe that shouldn't be a work day for you. It's a taste test. What was going to happen? That guy, Mark Zito, brings it in. He's like, hey, I got a bunch of four locos. Let's see what's good. But then he stopped like a person. He did the taste test and stopped. And I'm looking around. You're still drinking one of those giant oil cans. Hey, the purple one was kind of good. I don't think it was. Um, Bill over here has something for you. Bill, you're on the Run of Face show. A big ass for anything about my buddy. What do you got, Bill? Uh, Ronnie B., uh, tell uh, Pepper, go out and stock up on the uh, Four Loco because the FDA is going to ban them today. What the fuck? Across the, uh, across the board, not just the New York thing? Not across the board. They're going to ban it. Any caffeine is unsafe food additive to alcohol drink. So we didn't have this when I was younger. We had to make a roll one way. If you wanted to do the alcoholic energy drink, you had to do a shot and then a rail of that crystal meth. You cranked, had a beer. Cranked, had a beer. None of this, oh, I got an idea. I'll put my meth in the beer. That's fucking Four loco, my friend. The Four loco people say that what we'll do is we'll take the caffeine out of the drink. So I guess they could have gone either way. We'll yeah, take the so alcohol or the caffeine right, you out. Just, now you've invented a beer. Why would anyone want to just fucking, what do we need, another beer in the world? Great flavored beer. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go over. It's the four loco that's all about. Yeah, come on, man, get the locos out there. I had one day in the sun, and now it's done. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, how are you, Ronnie? Uh, none of your business right now, Mike. Oh, it's my business. Hey, I have an easy bun for you. Let me hit this before you go on. <laughs> See, you're talking through it, but I have a sounder for you. Oh, I loving that, loving that. But SC Dallas, Rustin, there's some hope for Texas after all. SC Dallas in the finals in Toronto this weekend. Right. Looks like Dallas has a living, a, a living, breathing, winning team. All right, so you've got Dallas, and who are they going to be playing in the finals? I have no idea. Okay, see, that's the problem with soccer in America. Nobody understands. Uh, I know this today. USA is playing South America at 2 o'clock, and I believe there's a 12 o'clock game of Brazil work, uh, versus Argentina. Uh, what uh, TV am I going to be looking at for that, Hicks? I think I'm going to throw it up on ESPN2. Uh, ESPN2? Provided it's on there. I'm checking right now. Yeah. You make sure. Yeah, it's ESPN2 for the uh, U.S. soccer. And what about the Brazil-Argentina? I'm checking into that now. What kind of fucking sports bar is this that I come in here, I don't even have a scheduling of TVs? Well, we got some four locals in the back. You want those? <laughs> no. They're illegal. And if this goes on like that, if you keep drinking in here, we could lose our satellite license now right now there's only one satellite license out there and we have it we lose it and um black crow ends up with it and they start fucking rocking out of daytona all across the country jesus i didn't know i was putting this in jeopardy like you are you put us in jeopardy every single day you're driving the the fucking truck right now so go a little high and while you're doing it come on but here's the problem the here's what you got to understand you're like the mom in the Partridge family. Oh, no. And Fez and I are in the back of the flowery bus, and we got all the kids with us, the little red-headed ugly girl, the constantly changing drummer. We're all here together, and I look up, and there's Shirley Partridge fucking down in Fort Loco and driving with her fucking tits. And it's dangerous. You're a dangerous motherfucking mom right now. Pop a titty out. What's the big Don't deal? Don't pop a titty. That's not the way to go. Safety in my own car. Um... 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 
Sean, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, Zero Fez. Hey, Mr. B, uh, apparently there was uh, an Afghanistan, uh, it was a dog, who um, attacked a suicide bomber and saved like 20 soldiers' lives. Uh, one of the soldiers brought the dog back to the state to be his personal pet. The dog got out of the yard, and Humane Society didn't do proper channels, and they euthanized and killed the dog. Oh, Jesus Christ. They killed a hero dog? What the hell? What? There's a hero dog out there, and this is the way they come back? The you odd thing, just... it was safer in Afghanistan. That is an odd thing, Fuzzy. That is a crazy odd thing. Maybe you should be driving the bus. No, come on. Don't take me off the wheel. Fez stayed away from the Four Loco yesterday after just one... Fuck, you know the give and take? Yeah. It was one give and, okay, I won't drink. That's why I'm proud of him. Where you, on the other hand, you're kicking, you're scratching. I want to fight for it. You're dragging this bit out for four hours. Fezzy folded over, did the right thing. Omelet. Wait, so chugging those things was the wrong thing? Chugging those things was the very wrong thing, particularly long after we were off the air and in a meeting. Well, you, you actually made this uh, statement to me. A lot of assholes in this place. I'm like, who? Really? Brucey. And Brucey is a saint. Well, he hurt Rosie Perez. So I'll probably, no, I was he probably thinking Rosie that. Perez was fucking very, very excited. I need, to, I need some positivity in my life. I really do. I thought that was going to be baby Rustin. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's turned into a whiner and a griner. I don't know who it's going to be right now. I'm looking around these halls, and all I see is negative people. Let me be the light in your life. You know who I should start fucking hanging out with is uh, Tony Robbins. That fucking guy seems to be an up fellow. Try to book him, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, give him a call. It's one eight hundred Banana Fingers to get a hold of him. Um, here's uh, Andrew. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm wondering how these locos differ from like a Red Bull and vodka. Vodka or a uh, Jack and Coke, even. Because they're crushing up black beauties and putting it in, and putting that and grape soda into a fucking beer. It's ridiculous. That's all right. Well, purple drink. People are dropping off one after another. Uh, Scotty, you're on the Run of Fez show. I got an Ichiban for you. Uh, then let me play the sounder. <laughs> let me remind people that it means... Number one. Okay, and what do you got? The movie trailer for Green Lantern was released last night, and to my surprise, the Riddler is not in the movie. Uh, I did see the Green Lantern uh, yesterday, uh, the trailer, and Fez, as you remember, I said it kicks awesome in its big fat balls. It's even better than that. I went back and rewatched it last night. It kicks awesome in the balls. Why it's fingering Austin's asshole. Oh, Jesus. So, I mean, it's a fabulous fucking trailer. So somebody's coming, then. It looks like Iron Man, Spider-Man, uh, Wolfman, or uh, it looks like V for Vendetta Man, okay. all rolled in as Fantastic Four Man, all those things together, and it's, it's going to be big, and there's aliens, and uh, some of the people are married to hot chicks, 
It's going to be gigantic. I saw a giant green fist, too, in the trailer. So yes. That's, they're bringing that back. You have a, to have that. A fist that comes out of a, a ring. So this is what you're going to break for, Fez? No. No, I am not giving in, even with Green Lantern. I saw the stuff uh, that we looked at in here yesterday, but I did not look at the full trailer. I'm staying away from the movies, because Christopher Nolan won't put the Riddler in the next Dark Knight film. You know what I need? I need one uh, a one note on a piano that just plays over and over. Someone okay. Fez is doing this. I'll just hit the one note, one note. Dun, 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 Johnny, one note. Um, There's a keyboard in the corner. We even have it turned on. The only two people work. that play that is Crazed and that other. What was the other retired? Daniel Johnston. Daniel Johnston. <laughs> I should have put it out for Brian Wilson. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Sean. Sean, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. I got an Ichiban for you. Ichiban. The uh, spokesman for the NFL. Sean, I was just fucking with you, buddy. I shouldn't have done that because I want people to call. <laughs> but, uh, spokesman for the NFL Players Association says that the NFL owners are planning to cut all health benefits and insurance for any current and previous NFL players if there's a lockout, and they won't explain why. Um, they are just ball busters, these guys. They want extra games, uh, and in the meantime, they can't even keep their league together. The next year may be a time that the, the, the league will just fucking disappear for a year. And it'll be nice. We can all do all this stuff on our Sundays. What? Um, here's uh, Tim, your manifest. Good morning, buddy. What's going on? What do you say? Um, in the interest of keeping the ass assassin alive, I'm wondering, being the, the Green Lantern, is doing all these things to awesome. Can he be considered an ass assassin? So, yeah. What if we just even call him an assassin? Just an assassin instead of assassin, trying to put the emphasis on a different syllable. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Hold on, I have a correction in my ear. Okay. That was syllable. Syllable. Uh, I've got this new thing now. It's kind of uh, it's a repartee uh, Bluetooth, where I put it in my ear, and I hear the other side of it. Oh wow! Uh, you know where I got it? Radio Shack. Really? They sell it? Yeah, yeah, they sell it at Radio Shack. Eight six six run zero fez. Eight six six run zero fez. Andy, you're on the Money Fez show. Uh, yeah, Ronnie got uh, Ichiban for you. All right. Uh, America's favorite family, Sarah Palin, 16-year-old daughter, uh, got into a Facebook fight with one of her friends uh, when he was commenting on the Sarah Palin's Alaska show. Uh, first started off by saying that he's so gay, and then followed it up with the uh, that he is such a faggot. Now, is Willow the little one that used to go around everywhere? Now, Willow is the middle one. A middle one what? The middle daughter of Sarah Palin. So she's, I think she's the 16-year-old. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just kind of amazes me that someone in the Palin family is using a slur like this. What slur did they use? Uh, she used the word faggot. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a bad thing because, because someone did not like her mother's TV show. She's going to go ahead and use that slur. You hear what we're playing here, Fez? The one note? Yeah. 
Yeah, but here's the thing with the Palin family. They've got a, da- a daughter who's a teen unwed mother. They have a special needs kid. You would think they would be a little bit more sensitive to slurs in wait, their family. Wait, she didn't call the other kid a retard, right? No, she didn't. No, but she used a slur herself. And I don't understand why Sarah Palin isn't commenting on this. What, apparently some source from the uh, Palin family said, oh, this is a baby bear protecting her mama grizzly. Well, that's adorable. Wait a minute, why, why was she protecting her mom? Because this kid was on Facebook saying that her mom's reality show wasn't, wasn't doing all that well. It wasn't all that great. Five million viewers, fag. See, we don't say that to someone just because they have a different opinion. Ah, I'm learning more and more about it all the time. And this Palin family, would they quit using the defense of that they're, fa- they're a family of bears? You're not bears. You're humans. You can't keep saying, no, we're doing this because we're bears. You're not a bear. A bear isn't even anything you want to be. It's furry. It's vicious. It attacks. You don't want to be that. It's just insane. And besides, you're calling other people uh, gay slurs? Uh, you're the gay your, slur. Your sister's uh, on an off-again fiancé posed for Playgirl. So who's gay now? What's his name? Uh, his name is uh, Johnston. I can't think of his first name all of a sudden. Daniel. <laughs> Lucky. Levi Go- Johnston. Ghost are here, Casper. Um, here's uh, Jim. Jim, you're on Fez. Ronnie B, I have an itchy bond for you. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Whining Fez has joined the program. Thank you. See ya. There is a there's a bit that you like, Fez, and that's when anyone says any gay slurs. Yeah, I just want to point this out to the Palin family. Sarah needs to come out and say, "Is the, uh, you know, is this how we talk in our home?" Uh, Charlie, you're on Fez. Ronnie, big fan of the one bead. I think it keeps him going. It's timing. It's more to the synesthesia. And the other thing, Ronnie, uh, they move my hours. Can we move Ron and Fez to 7 p.m. at night so I can hear the show live now? I would. Uh, I'd love to do night radio. I think it's a better vibe at night. And everyone's not saying like this. I uh, missed some of it because I had my boss came in. Uh, Tony, you're on my Fez. Hey, Fezzy. Yes. Is it okay to say that the Sarah Palin show sucks or sucks a slur? Um, I don't think that's a slur. Well, what's it short for? Sucks a dick. And who sucks dick? Um, well, women do it and gays do it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Fucking good joke. That's what I don't understand about fucking gays. If you didn't have to suck a dick, why would you? I mean, they're the only one who really have to say to themselves, um, I don't have to suck dick, and, and yet I will. Because I guarantee you, sucking dick was never a woman's idea. That's why you got to give the extra little shove down a little bit. Like, hey, 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 where are you going? In all direction. Hey, 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 hey. Not so fast going away. But you never see, like, a fucking, like, in any movie, you never see a fucking gay guy grab the back of another gay guy's fucking head. No, they They're need going it. for they it. They need it. 
Yeah. And that's why when they're teaching these classes in oral sex, like in the in the film Old School, um, it was gay guys were teaching women. Not women teaching gay guys. No. Um Bill, Bill, you're running Fez. Hey, Ron, I had enough, uh, just about enough of you razzing Fez. You're a one-note Ronnie B. You go on about art and culture and literature and food. I had enough of your shit. All right, you know what? You're right. With that, I'm starting to become a... I've got to get off the arts, culture, sports, politics. Maybe I'll get into gaming. A little more croupier talk. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Scott Houston, you're on Fez. Yes, Fez, would it make you feel better if you took her special needs daughter and punched her in the stomach? Um, don't do that, Fez. Not again. You've done that once. Here's what I'm going to blame this on. I really blame it on fucking Facebook. Because it used to be, all right, let's suppose they were kids. They're fucking 15, whatever, in school. They're in a cafeteria. One calls the other one a faggot. They both get called into the fucking principal's office. Do you call him a faggot? No. All right. I don't know what to to believe here. I'm going to send you back both to class. Don't show up here again. But there's fucking Facebook. Not only does the principal see it, but so does everybody else in the world. It's forever. It's forever. <laughs> Enough. Don't fucking leave a paper trail to yourself. People don't care anymore. Um, Very reckless. Here's uh, Roger Omaha, your manifest. Hey, I just want to thank that previous caller for poking Fez with that gay slur stick and getting him back in the program. Any anything it takes. I don't know if you were even offended by that gay slur thing, were you, Fez? Yes, I was offended by it. How come? Because it's not something you should be saying or posting about somebody online, no matter how you feel about them. Well, what would you like done? I would like to see what Sarah Palin's going to say about this, the next president of the United States. Well, maybe she said it to her daughter uh, last night in the kitchen. I don't know why the somebody who may or may not be running for president of the United States needs to put out a press release every time she tells her daughter not to do something. Uh, she doesn't mind putting it on this reality show of hers. Of Willow, don't take boys upstairs. That that part we have no problem showing well, that, off to the world. That probably was shot how long ago? Eight months ago? Probably. Right. So maybe eight months from now, you'll see a very special Palin's in Alaska. Hey, what'd I tell you about Sam Fag? What'd I tell you? You don't do it. I know. You're a baby bear protecting a mommy bear. I get that. But call him something else. That might be something to say. They are not bears. If they're bears, go squat in a river and swat at fish. I thought bears were like gay guys, like big, angry gay guys. Fuck twinks. I didn't know about this. Yeah. All right, so these are big, angry gay guys who rape twinks? Yeah, rape twinks. I don't think they rape, and I don't know how angry they are. It's definitely rape. And if you're raping, you're angry, I would think. Rape is a hate crime. I've said that time yeah. and time again. It's not a sex crime. It's a hate crime. So I guess gays like just hate themselves. That's why they're constantly raping. I didn't know that. I th I, I, so I'm working this out right now. I think that's that's the reason. They just hate themselves. Um, Tommy, you're on a fez. Hello. Yeah. 
Hey, what's up, Ronnie B? I have a Ichiban for Mr. Watley. Oh, okay. Okay, there are talks that they are bringing back um, comic book heroes, the Hulk, into a TV show, and also Batman. So, you might get to see the Riddler after all. Do it. Bring the Riddler back to TV. We can't get it in the movie. Bring it back to TV. Amen. You know what I like about the Riddler? What's that? It's a fag. Why would you say that? Keep you involved? It's just wrong. I know, but look at you now. You're sitting up. You've grabbed your mic. Where are you? You're here. Sorry. Fag uh, Riddler, Fag Riddler. It's, it's not right to do. It isn't right to do. I've learned something on this uh, Palin special. By the way, that uh, first episode of the Palin show, 5 million viewers, crushing Team Coco. Oh, well. That fucking... She may be the next president of the United States of America, but there's another person that's now being uh, rumored, and that's Big Mike uh, Bloomberg. He's going to bring all five foot two of himself and $20 billion, and um, he's running... And the rumor is it's going to be him and Morning Joe. You get up every morning. There's almost, uh, I think, 6,000 people every morning like to get up and put on the Morning Joe while they're drinking their Morning Joe. Morning Joe brought to you by Starbucks, where you can get a Morning Joe there. But Morning Joe said um, before, he said about uh, Bloomberg, hey, if he could do for fucking uh, the country what he did for New York City, it'd be great. I'm like, what he did for New York City? What did he do? Come in after f- fucking somebody already straightened it out? Oh, I'm here after Giuliani. This is fucking horrifying. I can't believe. I, but luckily, these rich guys never fucking actually get into it. I mean, even though this guy already has a, a public office, I don't think he can pull off the presidency. Well, he looked at not. it last time, and yeah. they said as soon as the they're doing this as straight marketing, as soon as the any numbers look good. He can jump in. He doesn't have to worry about raising money. Doesn't have to worry about appealing to any party. He'll do it as a third party. And if he runs into uh, any kind of problem, excuse me, Morning Joe, pick up some of my slack. Scary shit. Now, Morning Joe would say like this. Uh, he is ready to be vice president. He was a congressman before. And this way he can now sleep late, which would be fantastic. You don't think he'll keep the show if he's vice president? Um, no, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can get up, hey, you're listening to the vice president in the morning. Well, that'd be cool, though. It's like in high school, and they give out the morning announcements. They just tell the fucking goddamn country's doing every morning. I guess he could lead us in the pledge. Why did no one ever like the kid who did morning announcements? He was the furthest away from fucking cool as you could get. Because he's, he's, he's in the system. You don't <laughs> want that someone just commiserating with the goddamn principal and you're the teachers. You're right. He's a Zeno-narc. Hey, really? And I'm glad that fucking phrase is catching on with the ONA guys. Oh, yeah. Because I worry about them around him. Because uh, I saw him in yesterday uh, handing a list to Scott. Oh, Jesus. He, he actually said, this is people that have been talking in the hall. <gasps> He's getting hall talkers. Oh, my God. Uh, Brandon, you're in my Fez. Hey, guys. This one's for Fezzy. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is it that you feel that the Batman franchise owes to you? I mean, it's highly successful. Yes, I have been there. I have supported it. I'm just, this is how I'm dealing with my disappointment. This is what I'm doing. 
What's my, up, Fez? It's my protest that I will not go see the next Dark Knight movie because the Riddler's not in it. And I've taken myself out of all movie going. I didn't know that because you've never mentioned it on the show before. So uh, apparently you're not going to some movies? I'm not going to any movies. Oh, what about drive-ins? No, that's included. Could you watch a movie through somebody else's window, like watching them watch a movie? No, I'm not going to do that. Downloads. HBO. Nope, staying ABC. away. Staying away. No movies at all. No, I'm not going to see any movies now. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. And you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I got an Ichiban for you. Um, all right. Michael Vick's jersey from Monday Night Football Game is on its way to Canton to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Wait a minute, that's got dog blood on it. <laughs> uh, why? What did he do that was so big? The, the weirdness of no one's ever so, uh, ran for 50, thrown for 300, thrown for four, ran for two. It was some bizarre fucking stat that they gave yeah. him. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Deshaun Jackson had a nice comment after the Redskins game. Uh, Vic's teammate said, We were like cage pit bulls. We couldn't, get we couldn't wait to get out there and uh, get out of our cages. Uh, here's Amanda. Amanda in Brooklyn, you're on Run-A-Fez. Hi, I wanted to give you guys an Ichiban. All right, let but me hit this, darling. Um, the FDA is currently in the process of, of approving a drug called Benlista. It'll be the first drug approved to treat autoimmune patients with the disease lupus. Um, now, what exactly does it do from Amanda, and how did you know about this? Um, I actually have lupus, uh -huh. and it affects your immune system. It makes you weak. It makes you your joints swell up. I actually wear a wig because I lost all my hair. Mm -hmm. But um, this drug is actually supposed to help suppress the immune system, the antibodies that are attacking your body. So, so hopefully they'll approve it. This is exciting, exciting news for you. Now, how, how long have you been dealing with the disease? I've had symptoms for two years, and I've been diagnosed since last February. Wow. Uh, so this is godsend for you. So exciting. Yes, very exciting. Now, I would love to get together with you and celebrate, Amanda, except for I don't want to catch lupus. <laughs> it's actually not contagious. The only way I could give it to somebody is by having a child. Okay, so I wear a condom? <laughs> Even if we're having lunch, I'm going to put a condom on. Even if we're having sex, you won't get it. But All, all right. right. I love this. <laughs> this pill's working great. And then I finally get to check that lupus check off my list, my bucket <laughs> list. Um, so the fact that you've been dealing with this, did you even know that this drug was coming, darling? I didn't. I actually was online, and it was, there's a lot of buzz about it on Facebook. Uh-huh. And if you, I went to the FDA website, and they're doing the trials for it right now. So this is just, this is mind-blowing for you. you. You want to call them up and say, I want to be on the trial. <laughs> I don't want to be one of the first testees, but I, definitely if it gets approved and it okay. works. I get it. So here Better the, than chemotherapy. You don't want to be one of the first people to hit the beach. Let them do it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now why, are you, why are you wearing the wig? Why don't you just uh, go straight skinhead? I love that look in a chick. I do go skinhead sometimes, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But I look like a guy. I look like a dyke. Yeah, but I kind of like that look right now of, you know, we're mixing a little bit into the maleness with females. It's very, very exciting. 
Maybe I'll be brave. Maybe I'll go outside without my wig tomorrow. Or, you know what, just end up, like, uh, writing some stuff on the uh, side. You know, rock it a little bit. That's cute. Maybe. I'll think about it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing a fashion show one day with chicks for with lupus. I, I think it's the new look. Well, Amanda, I'm, I'm so happy for you, all right? Thank you. Best of luck with this. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Well, you heard it there from Amanda. I don't like to fucking talk so much about what I do off the air. But, yeah, I came up with this drug that I'm fairly sure is a uh, cure for lupus. You came up with it? Kind of. What I've done, uh, I've taken some baby aspirin, and I uh, just kind of taped it around an e-pill, and uh, off we go. Put it around a dolphin, if you want to know the truth. It's the old dolphins, when we used to love them. Can I have one? Uh... You don't have lupus yet. So. <laughs> Why don't you shave your head and come in and try to get some? Okay, cool. Free. But e. it really, it's that it's that uh, easy, ladies and gentlemen. It's just fucking E with a Johnson's baby aspirin, uh, chewable, really. So if you know, I don't want anybody to be like, "Well, I have lupus, but I don't like to swallow pills, so I'm not going to take it." It's chewable. Ronnie B's thinking about you at all times. I guess we could snort it too, right? Uh, by the way, Ron and Fez show, leading radio show for hot chicks with lupus right now. That's our fucking scene. All right? That's the babies we roll with. Got the demo locked down. We, we roll around with those sweet lupus babies making that whole scene happen. Um, Scott, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Scott. Hey, uh, this question is for Fez. I was wondering, does he find the word dyke offensive? I noticed that when uh, the sweet uh, lupus girl said dyke, no, nothing out of Johnny One Note. No, it's only his deal. Take him on one at a time. Uh, Sandy. Hey, Ron. Um, uh, Fez, he said he wasn't going to watch any movies. Didn't he try that once before and... Sneak behind your back and watch a movie and lose a bet. Didn't that seem to remember that a few years back? Um, yeah, that so is true. So what he says is, uh, you know, we can take it with a grain of salt. Well, I guess you could take anything with a grain of salt, but it is a good... Not if Bloomberg becomes president. Because he doesn't like salt, does he? He hates salt. Mm. He likes really, really bland foods. Well, he's a jockey, and they have to watch their weight. And did his daughter just like break her neck or whatever? She broke her spine, her. and then Bloomberg replaced it with a solid gold spine. What? Yeah, is that stronger than bone? This is how much money Bloomberg has when his daughter was in the hospital, and thank God everything's going to be okay with her because I was working on a spine pill. Uh, but I've been so fucking caught up with these lupus naggers. What was going to be in the half with our lupus? I am. But I have shit I like to do. I like to play handball. So uh, Bloomberg is so rich. Do you know what he bought for his daughter while she was in the hospital to keep her happy? What's that? Donald Trump. What? He actually wrapped up Donald Trump and took him into the hospital. So like she owns him now? Yeah. And then Trump actually said this. You're fired. And waited for everybody to clap and laugh. But that fucking bit is so old. I don't even know. Did they, are they still even doing the Trump fired show? 
I know they started this year without celebrities, and everybody's like, this is great. No celebrities. And then stopped watching it. Yeah, I think this season was uh, the poor fired people. <laughs> Just give them right. a second chance to be fired again. And then he yells at them. You forgot paper cups at the big luncheon. No wonder you're homeless. There's nothing that they do that is exciting or they're like, we had to fire him. He didn't put up a banner. Come on, dude. Who gives a fuck about the banner? Is this how you run a big company? Where the banner's at? It's a linchpin of the entire presentation. I had no idea. Every presentation blows. Now, if you have banners. You will get five minutes with somebody who does make a living. You'll be able to spend five minutes hearing from that person how much better their life is than yours. I'll tell you, uh, I just, one day, I hope one of the fucking people that's being fired just jumps up, pulls out a fucking piece, screams at those rich Trump family, up against the wall, motherfuckers, starts taking their fucking jewelry off them, taking their cash, putting their thumbs into the daughter and son's asses, just Fuck fucking yeah. going bananas. What are you trying to say? They, they didn't earn their success, those kids? <laughs> they did. They did. They did this. They did the, the. If you really want to fucking get rich in this country, have really rich parents. That's where I fucked up. Yeah. Most of us did. I did with $7 on the Powerball ticket last night, which is nice. Why didn't you call me, bro? Well, I put that $7 in seven more <laughs> tickets. Have you ever won any bets? Because I've never won once turned you to come in and say you hit. Not really. Never really very flush. What about the guy who called the other day and gave you something on a horse off the air? Oh, um, I didn't trust that guy. I watched the race, simulcasted uh -huh. or whatever, <laughs> over the line. Fucking horse came in second. All right. Well, thank God I didn't lay money down on that. Uh, what about your listener of the day from yesterday? You were too drunk to thank him. Oh, Nick. That's my boy Nick from fucking uh, Jersey. Gave you a suitcase of smokes. It was sick. I loved it. Do we have the uh, new sounder? 33, is it on? All right, this is going to be the new listener of the day sounder. You've been chosen as the listener of the day. <laughs> and that goes to Nick from Jersey. Congratulations. You've been chosen as the listener of the day. I bet he feels really good right now. Maybe we need to get Listener of the Day stickers. Okay. Listener of uh, the Day stickers, and I give it out to every one of the faggots. See, that's not what you call people. But I couldn't keep you out. Uh, I couldn't get you on the show until I brought it back. And we should, we should definitely not put it on the sticker. Dude, I want to tell you something. You're back into that thing where you're eating your mustache during the show. Uh <sighs> Well, you got to trim up the top of it a little bit. It's driving me crazy. Oh, okay. Uh, are you going winter beard on us? Uh, yeah, I was going a little thicker. What about... Uh, oh, <laughs> dirty. Gay. Thick and fat. Gay. I think it just gets thicker on its... I get a heavy winter coat anyway. <laughs> all right. And you're making fun of bears. Uh, what happened to my idea of having circles all over your face? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't found any sort of thing that makes circles in a beard. Well, that's because it hasn't been done yet. That's why you would be the first. You can't go out to the fucking store and look for a beard circler. You've got to be number one. First a lupus pill, now circle bearder. You know what? There is a thing about being an event, inventor. People like myself, 
Edison, a couple other rolling motherfuckers. Tesla? Tesla, did he really get credit for anything, though? No. My favorite thing about uh, Tesla is when he covered signs. Signs, signs, everywhere is signs. Um, Lonnie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I'm going to be listening today with this comment. Hey, Fez, I heard that uh, the Green Lantern is a fag in the next movie. So wrong. It's so wrong. People just think, see, that's how easy it is. Nobody would do that with the N-word. They wouldn't have the guts. Why would you want to challenge the listeners to say the N-word? Why would that make you fucking happy? They wouldn't say it in their real lives is what I'm saying. Right, but you, but he just said it here. Is that his real life? Do you remember when we started here, how I had to untrain these fuckers? The way they used to call? I had to fucking cleanse the palate? Um, Mark, you're Hey, I got a one-note Ichiban for you. Oh, please. Go ahead, real quick. All right, a kid in uh, Michigan got suspended for saying he didn't accept homosexuals, and the teacher then got suspended for violating his free speech rights. All right, yeah, let's do it. Play the one-note. That's, um... Too complex for you? Hey, I didn't really understand who got suspended. Uh, first the kid, then the teacher. All the gays. Um. <laughs> why make why make him feel bad about himself? This needs to be a safe non-bullying place. I just want it sad to me from the caller. I put up a uh, no bullying, and then somebody switched off and just made it no bulls, which made us look fucking crazy. And then somebody else just put hit after it, so it was no bullshit. So I just took it down. You can't have anything nice in this place. Goddamn graffiti. There's... Now, you had a uh, a meeting the other day with Rob Cross. Yes. And Rob played this note for you. And he told you he wants you to be Johnny One Note. He said, I need you to stay on top of it. Um, Jay, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fez. Um... I'm kind of offended with you right now. I'm black, and you said the N-word, and saying the N-word is just like saying the word. That's racist. You're right, Jay. That's racist. Yeah, so, I mean, really, how, how are you going to stand up for one right and not stand up for anybody else's? I'm standing with you for right. Hey, what's up, buddy? I'm doing the same thing I do with the F-word. Oh, Fez, fuck. Now, fuck. Oh, oh God, that's the... You know, I'm getting involved, too. And I'm starting to fight for your right to party. And I haven't had to fight that hard because people love to drink. But I am. I'm trying to make sure that people will fight for your right to party.
Buffs the faggot. By the way, uh, Hicks saw these guys when they were putting for Madonna back in 83. <laughs> Alright, uh, I was actually just said this. It was a little link to the uh, lupus girl uh, on Twitter. Her name is Barbie. And she said, just called in the Ron and Fez. OMG, I was so nervous, LOL. But support lupus, find a cure heart. And she's just adorable. Now... Here's the gimmick on her. Here's what she writes about herself. I'm random. I'm crazy. I'm awesome. I'm kinky. I'm sexy. I'm surviving lupus. And I love my BF. That is fucking hot, Hicks. That's the gimmick you want. A nice young girl. Yeah, she is. And loves her BF. I wonder what that stands for. I hope it's not butt fucking. I hope not. If she just loves it there. Oh, my goodness. It's kinky enough. Well, she says she's kinky and sexy. And she said you can't catch it from that. Not if you wear a condom. Who does that? Uh, Sitch. Situation right now is doing something with Bristol Palin. Uh, they got a commercial out, which we ought to link up on 202 Friends. And I guess this is one of these viral commercials, because it's not a 30-second spot. It's like almost two minutes, I think. And Sitch is basically dressed up like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. And I know Situation did ONA's show, and he was a very nice guy. I know he signed a book for us, E-Rock. He was a nice guy. Oh, yeah, very nice. Very cool. Okay. But he comes off as a total dick. Just saying the he says the word Situation so much, I wanted to grab his fucking neck. I think at one point the entire sentence was just situation and variances of situation. <laughs> now, not only that, uh, by the way, we are giving away a signed Sitch book uh, next month, and we're very, very excited about this. It's the month that Rana Fez make your Christmas dreams come true. I know what you said. Times are hard. We're giving you the best Christmas gifts of all time because these are one-of-a-kind gifts, basically. They're gifts you can't buy in a store. It's either albums movies, uh, books we've been saving up over the years, signed by the artists that come not just through this show, but through SiriusXM. We've got some incredibly cool stuff all coming up as we play Search, 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 Hurry Up and Search during the month of uh, September, or December. Uh, September already went by. You missed it. You fucked up bad. Um, but we've got uh, baseballs, sports stuff, uh Old style albums, really, really great stuff. Uh, so make sure you're following 202 Friends, and we'll let you know how to win as we play Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search on a daily basis. A little later on in the show, I'll read off the list of the stuff that we have to give out. Uh, so let's get this up on 202 Friends so people can see it if they want to, Hicks. But this is uh, Crystal, Crystal Palin, who from what I understand, is now in the finals of the American Celebrity Dancers, it's the name of the show, or it's uh, ACD, ACD they call it, American Celebrity Dancers. And God damn it, she earned it. She was so, she's such an incredibly great dancer that when they announced that she went in, 
everyone started booing on a TV show because, let's face it, you wish you could vote for her even more. She's that good of a dancer. So this is Crystal Palin, America's favorite teen mom, talking with the situation, America's favorite Guido. Well, excuse me, miss. Have you ever had a situation with the uh, official situation? Excuse me, Sitch? Oh, snap, be Palin. You mean to tell me that girls actually fall for that line? Come on, I mean, if those words don't work, I got the situation right there. I hope you're as committed to safe sex as you are those abs. I know you're all about that abstinence thing, you know, but I mean... Come on, be Palin, are you serious? Like, you're not going to hook up with, like, before you're married? For real. For real. For real, for real? For real, for real, for real. All right, well, you know what? I mean, just in case you do get into a situation, I want to make sure that you are situated. Because if you do get into a situation with your situation, you may end up with a situation. And you may not like that situation. Trust me, though, I'm not getting myself into another situation. I know how hard it is to be a teen parent. You know what? I totally respect that. And I totally respect abstinence. I mean, it actually has the word abstinence. Come on. <laughs> I'm the situation. I love that. Very funny. But I'm worried about you and you practicing safe sex. I actually practice a whole lot. I mean, a whole lot. Talk about the safe part of that. Ah, the safe part, we got the safe part down pat. What pile? Magnums. <laughs> you know what? I might be able to spare one. I mean, you know, I'll give you one. It's fine. I avoid situations. All right, good, good. If you're good at avoiding situations, and you're situated, and I'm situated, situation's under control. Well, I'm glad that we agree on one thing. Pause before you play. Pause before you play, that's probably the most important thing. You gotta think before you get into a situation. A PBYP, that ain't no uh, PB&J sandwich. Bye. Wapai. Snap. What the fuck is wrong with this kid? <laughs> a, at one point, he goes, how's your situation? And points at her little cunny, her little yeah. Alaskan cunny. <laughs> he just points down, how's your situation? Why my big cock? Why doesn't anybody say cut? That was probably one taker, I think. Yeah. I, I was saying Crystal Palin, Fez, uh, I was wrong. Bristol Palin, Bristol Palin, uh, how come no one corrected me on that? You know what? I should have said faggot Palin. And boom, everybody's up, paying attention, going down with it. I like they call her B-Palin. <laughs> B Palin's in the house with a situation. Your situation has got a situation about that situation. It said it about 25 times in two of them. So Crystal is the other one? Uh, there's, let's see, there's Bristol, there's Willow, and there's uh, Piper. Rowdy Roddy is the youngest. Oh, bullying a child. To bully a child. Because everyone knows Piper's gay. Uh, Brendan, you're in a fez. Uh, hi, Ron. Hi, Fez. Um, <clears throat> I'm listening on my Blackberry, so I'm kind of calling from the past. Uh, you may have moved on. But, Fez, I'm part of a, um oppressed minority, not so much now, but throughout history. I'm an atheist. And I was wondering if you think that people should say the H word instead of heathen, or the A word instead of atheist. Um, even though the majority of us don't mind, do you think that would be more appropriate if people can refer to us um, with, with full terms or with any terms? I would think they should uh, uh, refer to you as how you want to be referred to. If that's atheist, way to go. Oh, well, I, uh, but I mean, there, there are certain people in a certain group that 
um, don't well, mind being yeah. called the F word. I didn't, I didn't know the uh, heathen word got thrown around so much. Oh, it does. You ever been You'd to a be church? Surprised. Oh, that's right. You have it. Uh, you know, I grew up Irish Catholic, and I never liked that, and I wish they would call us by a term that I'm comfortable with. What's that? Faggots. I wish they would just call us faggots instead of Irish. See, that's a slur for something else. Still, I'm more comfortable with it. Now I'm one-noting. I'm the one one-noting. Um, that guy had to go to hedonism, too, in the Bahamas. Well, you let your dick out. That's the situation. You know what I'm saying? Situation. Seriously, when can this fucking thing be over? When can we be done with the Jersey Shore? This original cast will always be around. I mean, I'm sure eventually there's going to be a new Jersey Shore cast and they'll be nothing. But this original cast, they're going to be the ones that stay around forever. Tom, you're manifest. Got a spy report, Ron. Let me hit this. Spy report. Yeah. Uh, last night on Jimmy Fallon, he did his 1970s Neil Young uh, version of the Willow Smith hit, Whip My Hair. Yeah. And, and Bruce Springsteen was on the show. Springsteen came out and joined him, and Springsteen was the 1978 Bruce Springsteen with the uh, hat and the beard. Uh, yeah, this is up on Jimmy Fallon's uh, Twitter right now. I, I, I caught some of that. Uh, by the way, who's running the phones for me today? That's Draft House. Uh, as Draft House, uh, you know what? Send me in Draft House. You mean the kid? Yeah, the Draft House kid. <laughs> draft House, would you read to me what you have on here for yeah. the subject matter? <clears throat> I wrote that last night on Jimmy Kimmel. Bruce Springsteen did a... Bruce Springsteen was on Jimmy Kimmel last night? He wasn't. I don't know why there has to be so many frickin' Jimmys on late night. All right. What's happened with you? When did you change? I didn't change. When did you stop liking it here so much? I, didn't, I, I, I love it here. Every single day is a joy. Hex, what happened with him? Tell me the truth. I don't know. I think just getting close, he's like, it's like the finish line where he sees he's getting back to Austin. I say... And All so, right, you know. good call. Then we made the right call not trusting in him. What? Yeah. Glad we didn't change our mind on that one. Well, in the beginning, I was just I was running the race. Everybody and loved was, it. There was Everybody no finish. It. I was just running the race. And then forces outside of my control said, oh, there's the finish line. It's coming on December 18th. When you see the finish line, you know. All right. Gotcha. Uh, Scott, you're running Fez. Wouldn't it have been a little bit more appropriate if Willow was on that commercial with a situation and called the situation a faggot, told him to quit acting like a faggot? See, that would be the opposite of appropriate. It would be less appropriate. It would be completely inappropriate. You realize you turn it into a cuckoo clock, don't you? Well, I've already had the cuckoo part down. And someday you hope to suck a clock. So maybe it'll all come together for you. Did you see your nutty uh, therapist last night? Um, I saw him Monday night and then had a phone session with him last night. Well, thank you for being honest. Tell me, and now I got the facts straight, so tell me what he said to you. He says that uh, my weekend drinking is adding to my problems. And, well, significantly, significantly adding to my problems. And what he wants me to do is to stop drinking for 90 days. 90 days in the hole... Uh, and this falls right into your party. Right, yeah. Which is another thing Blowhard fucked up for us. So does this mean the party's off? 
No, the party's not off. I'm just, you know, not going to be drinking there. No, you don't drink because he told you not to? Well, he's, the way he put it to me was, he said, I think a lot of this anxiety and stuff is from the beer being put away, you know, that I'm drinking on the weekends. And he actually said to me, he goes, he goes, if you don't want to follow the suggestion, he says, that's fine. You don't have to. He says, I can still, you know, you can still come in and get treated. But he said, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think our work's going to be effective unless you try to do this. Well, uh, I haven't understood. Uh, he's not calling you an alcoholic. He thinks I have a problem. Really? Yeah. Do you think you have a problem? You know, I didn't think I had a problem until I started talking to him about it. And I was saying, I was actually saying things like, well, you know, the holidays are coming up. And I was talking about all these things, uh, you know, and it's like when I go to the sports bar on Sunday, I really like to have some beers to get a little bit more comfortable there when I'm trying to meet people. And I didn't even realize it till I was done that I was throwing every excuse in the world, things that I used to make fun of Eastside Dave about when we talked about his drinking, and I was just lining up, you know, excuses one after another. Maybe but, not excuses, but I get at least, def you know, defenses. Right, but what's this have to do with anything? How does this got to do with your anxiety? Um, that uh, alcohol is a depressant. He thinks it's really screwing with my system. Mm-hmm. You know that. It's well, here's here's the two things that, you know, here's two things. Because I don't, I've never seen you as a big drinker. Right. But you, all, you all seem to have some kind of a sensitive fucking system, to you. You know what I mean? And you get drunk really fast now, which I think has to do more with diabetes than anything else. And you never see anyone who has diabetes, and like is a good drinker. You know what I mean? The diabetic drinker is always the fucking, you know, fucked up one. The pass out guy. Well, yeah, and if that's what, down to what, two beers? Get you a heavy buzz? Yeah, I mean, he's really drunk fast. Um, And the fact that if you take a, a pill, you spend three days fucking, you know, worrying about it. You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. it fucks with your system. So this might have more to do with, like, your system than the normal, I'm an alcoholic type deal yeah i mean he brought up you know we talked about the diabetes thing as well all being a part of uh you know my body system when do you uh when do you drink i drink on I, I drink on saturdays so you don't drink on friday night no i don't drink on friday night and that was like another thing where i'm like wow this is another thing i'm throwing out there where i said to him i go i only drink on saturday and sunday and everything i start as i thought about it everything i started to say Sounded like another excuse. Well, again, how much are you drinking on Saturday and Sunday? Saturday, I'm probably drinking a six-pack. Uh -huh. And then Sunday, it's probably close to that. I, I don't think, uh, it's probably, you know, four or five beers. So he's saying you're an alcoholic for drinking um, two six-packs over the course of 48 hours? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what he's saying, that I have a problem. Um, you know, it's it's a strange fucking diagnosis. Now I could see if he was saying, "All right, you're a diabetic, and this isn't good for you," you know, just in the same way that you wouldn't drink sugar. But I don't. Um, 
yeah, I don't, I've never seen you as being an alcoholic. And I got no problems telling Hicks he's one. He's a fucking practicing uh, alcoholic. Let's go. Uh, Dave obviously is one. I'm one. I've never seen you as a big drinker. Now, the thing is, you can't drink anymore. I mean, you are really bad. That last time that we went out for dinner and you wandered off and went into the subway <laughs> as we were walking up the street. You know, you're not good at drinking. Right. Um, but that doesn't... Um, and I know I have, like, a, like Saturdays when I drink. I'll either drink at home or I'll go, I'll go out to watch the Notre Dame game and sit there by myself and drink. And I get into really angry moods afterwards. Well, we heard the St. Patrick's Day stuff from the drinking show here. Uh. But, you know, I find myself just getting really pissed off for no reason. Now, that I... I yeah, there is. It's a mood changer with you, but I think also the way you eat is a mood changer with you. You know what I mean? I think this has to do more with the diabetic fucking problem that your body goes through. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And I think that the I'm angry is because you can't express your anger on a normal fucking basis. There's no kind of leading up to anger for you. You're all pulled in fucking side. And then once the anger comes out, it's like crazy anger, you know. And then there's that everyone either I fuck up and I made a dick out of myself feeling that you get after. Or you go the, no, I'm sticking to this and I, that person is dead to me. You know, you hit these big things. Mm -hmm. But I don't see that as much as like the uh, classic fucking alcoholic thing. Uh, driver, you're on my face. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, maybe it's not so much the amount, but the way Fez is trying to justify it to the doctor that he thinks he's an alcoholic. <laughs> you know, I hear that as an excuse, and there's some people that are like that, but if Fez missed a Saturday where he didn't drink, if we said, oh, let's go and do this, I don't think he would cancel any plan. If I said, oh, Fez, we got tickets to this or whatever, he'd go, oh, great. You know what I mean? Like... He wouldn't be like, no, that's my drinking time. I just don't see him as the normal alcoholic type personality. And again, if anyone dr makes a drink and you go, why do you have to drink at a wedding? Well, because it's fucking, you know, dull. Without That all starts to sound like uh, uh, fucking excuses after a while. I mean, you can make anybody feel defensive about why they eat fucking dessert, too, you know? I like a little something sweet after. Oh, do you? Um, here is uh, Walker. You're on running Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, Fez was talking about, you know, he feels like he's got a drink when he goes to the bars. There's actually two kinds of alcoholism. One of them is the typical, hey, I'm just don't want to, I'm avoiding things. I, I get drunk to avoid it. The other is I need the alcohol to, like, help smooth out a situation or help heighten the situation. And I have uh, my alcoholism runs in my family, and I never thought I was that typical alcoholic. And I get tested, whatever, and they were like, "You drink to heighten situations, social situations, things like that." And I'm like, "Bingo, that's exactly it." Yeah, but so, so does everyone. There, that is also the purpose of fucking alcohol. Exactly. You know, so now you're saying anyone who has a drink is an alcoholic. And I don't fucking believe that. And I'm saying that as an alcoholic. Uh, you know, so, again, should Fez drink? Probably not, but more because he's a diabetic 
then he's an alcoholic. The fact that, hey, when I watch a ball game, I like to drink a six-pack, and I, uh, that is kind of where anyone who drinks would be. First of all, who wants to drink three beers? I don't get the fucking point of that. They're the people that sound crazy to me. Um, let's go over here to Don Maryland. You're on Fez. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Hey, uh, I know an alcoholic, and uh, an alcoholic is, uh, you know, they, they, like, wake up in the morning, and they just start shaking without a drink. You know, well, I know a guy when that, I lived in Mississippi, and they just, he, he yeah. woke up, and he couldn't function without a drink. Right. There's, there's, that's somebody who's physically addicted to alcohol, which obviously is, you know, further down the road from being mentally uh, addicted to alcohol. I mean, that prop, that person has difficulty even quitting because their body is so fucked up from it. And obviously, Fez isn't there. Um, hey, Glue, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, it just seems like we're lowering the bar completely. Like in the 80s, you know, my dad would come home every day, drink, 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 drink. And, you know, eventually, yeah, okay. He had the shakes. He was definitely an alcoholic. Couldn't go a day without. I, I just nowadays a six pack on the weekend. You're an alcoholic. Um, you know, it is a fucking weird thing. My dad used to come home from uh, work every night. Have a my mom would have a drink for him. My dad is not an alcoholic. I am. I've had uncles and grandfathers and all, but I can look at my dad and I never fucking think to myself, oh, he's hiding something, because he quite frankly. Could take it or leave it. You're drinking. I mean, what is he saying? Was saying that you're an alcoholic? Um, he was saying that. Um, I th I think what happened was we were talking about my drinking, mm -hmm. and I was explaining how I drink and everything. And when I it's and when I started to say, well, it's only on the weekends and it's only here and everything. That's when he started to say, I think maybe you should consider going to a meeting. And then he said, you know, uh, why don't you do? Why don't you try this ninety-day thing to prove that you're not? He said. That, he well, said. Well, first of all, that's not anything. That's fucking kind of alcoholic thinking. It does, uh, and even an alcoholic can go ninety days and not fucking drink. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that he doesn't understand what what he's fucking saying about this. Um, and the fact is that the fact that you drink alone and uh, sit alone at a bar, you do everything else alone. You eat your meals alone, you watch TV alone. You're already in that fucking place. Right. And yeah, and I talked all this stuff out with them. And I think what happened was, uh, you know, when I was saying what happens is sometimes I'll lose like a Saturday night, I'll drink that six pack and just go out for the rest of the afternoon into the evening. What do you mean you'll go out? Um, I'll just, you know, like, fall asleep for the rest of the... Okay, you made me think that you were blacking out. Or I'll forget, or I'll forget some things as well. well. Are you saying that you want to be an alcoholic? No, no, but I was just, I was just I telling mean, well, him what... What, if, I, what are you defending? How, how are you defending this fact that you six-pack on a Saturday and then take a nap and that makes you an alcoholic? No, I mean, I, if you want to be an alcoholic, we'll call you one. No, what I was saying is what you asked where he got this conclusion from, and I said all I did was tell him my normal routine. Do you think you're an alcoholic? I don't think so. I know, I know here's the thing. It's like I really enjoy drinking when I go out to those bars. Are you, I mean, well, that's going to... Right, because you're going out to a bar to meet people. Right. You 
believe it or not, this is going to fucking shock you. You lack courage and uh, you lack confidence. Oh, yeah. So a couple of fucking uh, drinks. And you normally drink beer. You drinking whiskey when you go to the bar? No, just beer. Because uh, you're a terrible whiskey drinker. Again, it doesn't mean you're an alcoholic. It kind of means you're a lightweight. You weren't always a lightweight, but I think since the diabetes, you have become one. Now, you probably not drinking is a very, very, it's not even a problem. It's a good idea for a diabetic. In the same way of not eating ice cream is a good idea for a diabetic. But I don't think that you have to label yourself an alcoholic to get to that point. Are you taking the 90-day challenge? I'm going to take the 90-day challenge. The thing that made me take it was mm -hmm. he told me, and I'm, I'm trying to follow the therapist's advice here to get myself better out of this anxiety and the depression and stuff. Right. And he told me, he said, I'll guarantee you after 90 days, we're going to see vast improvement in the anxiety. Okay. Well, there so, may... I mean, that's why I decided to do it. Right. There may... And that may be true, and maybe I'm getting hung up on the alcohol thing. But if alcohol is bad for you, right? Mm-hmm. You can call yourself an alcoholic if, if you want to. I, I've never... I mean, I would have fucking said it to you a long time ago if I thought that you were. But with your health the way it is, it's... Uh, you know, I would probably go with him that it's probably good that you don't put any alcohol in your system the same way that you probably shouldn't have ice cream or whatever else. You know, it's probably all part of it. Um, here's Craig. Craig, you're on the Run Fest show. What's going on, buddy? Yeah. Hey, Fezzy, I just, I mean, unless I'm missing something from just listening to you every day, when was the last time you remember any of your therapy or stuff that you go to actually making an improvement? I know when you went to this last one, like the secret one, there was at first, but I think it was just the initial, hey, I'm trying something new and this is going to make me better thing. But when was the last time you actually had any noticeable improvement from going to see these people? Yeah, I mean, it, you're, I mean, I, I agree with that. With the last one, I did end up going around and around in circles. All right, all right, and that's why I decided to try the new one. And the other one, the last one, I mean, we talked about drinking, but it never came up with... You well, know, you shouldn't be doing, you know what I mean? Where it was, for, I mean, emotionally wise. Mm -hmm. um, so you feel like this is a step in the right direction for you? Yeah, I just, I, yeah. Okay. Then that's good. Then that part of it is uh, good. Uh, Steve in Wisconsin, you're on Hey, boys. Hey, I was just thinking, you know, I mean, is this just a situation where the, that this guy's trying to cross things off of the list? I mean, Fez has been talking about this stuff for years and his crazy behavior continues. I mean, is this just kind of working down the list to see what's going to help this guy at some point to, to stop his crazy behavior? Well, I know Fez likes a diagnosis of any kind, and he likes a label. So uh, if you'd like to be an alcoholic, Fez, I'll get your chip. You can get your chip, and you can be one of the... Uh, I'm Fez Watley. Thank God 30 days uh, clean. And feeling really good about myself. You know, there's a couple of things that made me think of the way I used to be in the old days. In the old days, on a Saturday, I would have sometimes five, even six beers. You're going to fucking be sitting in there with people who have drank grain alcohol, shot fucking dope into their dick hole. You know, uh, sometimes on a wedding, I'd sit down and have a mimosa. 
So, you know, I know exactly what you're going through, Kiko. Uh, but it's good. I think, I think that there's something, in, and maybe it's from the that that maybe you need to have a pure system of you know because the way one pill will oh, yeah. fuck with you for a week or the you know your diet or whatever. Maybe you need some kind of a you know purity of a system. Uh, I don't know. Um, let's get over here to let's go to Kevin. Kevin, you're on my face. Hey, buddies. Uh, Ronnie, I was thinking along that same uh, line is that it'll be good for Fez. He'll have a sense of accomplishment. He'll, it won't be hard for him because he's not really an alcoholic anyways, right. but he'll have that. And they might even have AA for astronauts, so, you know, maybe he'll be able to interact with a group that way and there, find somebody well, that needs somebody. Well, here in the city, there's plenty that are in that uh, program, and they're all hysterical. I mean, their fucking stories will just make you fucking just cry laughing. Uh, but, yeah, all right. Fez is an alcoholic. Jimmy and Wichita, you're on running Fez. Hey, Fezzy. Yes. Hey, uh, man, uh, sounds like you need to find a new doctor. I mean, it's not enough that you have enough self-esteem issues. Now he's going to give you another one calling you a fucking alcoholic. Man, that doctor sounds like a fag. Right. So wrong. Why? Because to use a slur, just he's uh, he's not concerned Let's about any of the drinking or any of it. He just Let's wants to. Let's get back to you. You're the drunk here. You're the alcoholic. I guess so. Yeah, you're a raging alcoholic. After 30 days, it would actually be only eight days sober because it's but, just Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, but you would have that to look forward to. You know what I mean? Like, in the case of Dave, Dave only drinks one day. Well, he says one day a week. I know. Yeah. But we've. I get drunk messages from because he adds baseball games to that or whatever. But Dave is holding on tight till he gets to drinking day, and then he fucking explodes. So yeah, Dave is an alcoholic. Hicks is obviously an alcoholic. Slide it up. Um, because it also is you know Hicks's entire background and you know he's the perfect storm for an alcoholic. But you could go years doing what some you know people do. Lord knows I did. Um, you, for being an alcoholic, sure didn't have a lot of alcoholic fun like most <laughs> alcoholics do. Most alcoholics enjoy themselves for quite a few years before they have to quit. Um, let's go over here to David. David, you're on a fez. Yeah. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Keep in mind, this guy sounds like more of a, a, a girlfriend than a doctor. I mean, why don't you stay off the hooch for, for 90 days instead of trying to help you? And then keep in mind, um, I just went through the same thing not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And they ask you some precursors a lot, or what's, what's your family, or do you have any alcoholics in your family? Do you crave that pop at, at early in the morning? And then they're also, if they do put you on some sort of medication, that it could have, it could uh, impact that medication that you're on. So maybe it's just trying to keep you, not saying your own medication, but keep you clean for a while so that medication does 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 work for you. Mm. Um, well, again, you're kind of off medication, right? Yeah. Just I'm, your yeah. regular stuff, but you're off any anxiety medication. You have a lot of problems with it. Right, and no antidepressants, none of that. Mm. Uh, Aaron, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah. Um, Fezzy, you know what helped me was some introspection. Um, I took some mushrooms, smoked some pot, and I cried. 
and I got over my anxiety and converted some stuff. Maybe you give me we, a good we cry. All, we all know he should eat fucking mushrooms, he should smoke dope, but he's not going to do any of those. Maybe you should take some lupin medication, or lupus medication. I'm not finished with that yet. I'm going to tie me up and I'm going to experiment on myself. You know what? I like to get you with that lupus girl before you go back. You're kind of a New York virgin, right? Uh, uh, Nothing's yeah, happened for you here during this trip. And you know what that is? The problem? What's the problem? Your attitude. What? I've Your been trying really turned, hard. It went really bad. No. It turned bad here. I, I I'm making progress I had with a, the intern. A hot fucking lupus. That intern isn't fucking interested in you. Oh, I think she is. Did you bring? Did she bring up to you that I keep introducing myself to her over and over, <laughs> thinking that she's with whatever yeah. fucking? Her. Hi, I'm Ron Bennington. Well, because it's just every every guest that comes in here, they always well, pick her out and say, "No, you're going to come with me and walk around." All right. The, I don't say it, but all the black guests have done that so far. <laughs> well, I know that one is like, uh, I'd like to get some contact information for you so I can send you some albums. Yes. Sure, you would. Why wouldn't she run off and do it? Oh, she's got a little taste for the white. I think I think maybe okay. so. Want some white sugar in that bowl? That was the line. She's like, she's like, well, I gave him my number, and I was like, well, if I knew it was that easy, I would have been asking, offering to send you records a long time ago. That's a good line. Bam! Right work? In. Yeah, it worked. So you going out with her? No, we're, we're working on it. Mm. Uh, Paul, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Fez, yeah, I just wanted to support you in your uh, alcoholism and your. Uh, Maybe you can go to a 12-step meeting every night and say hello to Edward Norton and Helena Bottom Carter, and uh, you can just live Fight Club. He's saying there's like a Fight Club thing. Going oh, on. okay. You know, people that just like uh, meetings. Um, Jeremy, you're on Run of Fez. Uh, big ass uh, draft house kid card number 17. Uh, well, I think there's a Yeehaw in here somewhere, but I don't remember where we put it. <laughs> anyway, Fez, man, you're fine. I, this damn therapist sounds like he's just trying to get you locked in for another 90 days. Why would somebody who who's trying to help somebody with anxiety give them something else to have anxiety over? Um, well, I mean, I didn't take it that way. He's telling me it's going to help with the anxiety, that I, after 90 days I'm going to feel better. And he also said to me, he goes, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. I'm not telling you have to. He goes, you can still come in here and I'll hold your hand. Oh! Yeah, he was very blunt about it. Uh, Ronaldo, you're in Fez. Yeah, just curious. Uh, what's Fezzi's r less than zero rock bottom story going to be? Every good alcoholic's got one. Well, he could you, that time that you knocked over the trail mix, and you could be just like, I'm just looking at the trail mix on the floor, and I decided that was my life. Just also, too, are nuts and saltiness all over the place. Um. Do you want to just fucking have, before you go into this, just one Ronnie B, fucking seven days out running, doing the whole fucking thing? No, I don't think that would be good for me either. We put you on a fucking, just go on one, a run. So you got the stories to tell. Because I have heard people, like when I tell my story meetings, I've heard this told to me, probably in all 50 states. Get out. <laughs> you disgust me. Get out. 
No, they never say that. They have to fucking take it. But sometimes I will just tell the story up a little bit. So I hit the body, and uh, <laughs> thank God I'm sober now. You know, James Fry also fucking lied about being an alcoholic. Yeah. That fucking pussy couldn't fucking handle a drink. And now, do you see this new thing that he has where he's taking guys your age, uh, having them, having you guys write the book, and he puts his names on it? Oh, really? Yeah, he's I already could, sold one about aliens. I could write a kick-ass James Fry book, I think. Well, no, he makes it so that it's almost like he's trying to do what the, the Twilight series did yeah. and all that. So he's writing uh, books for young readers. Yeah. Uh, basically romance novels for people who don't read romance novels and he just stamps his name on it james fry fuck yeah and put it out there check it out I, what was the one after this one my uncle uh, that, that relationship with the guys just seemed to get creepier and creepier i know i fucking read the second one and i had him in oh yeah after, I, I did the last interview with james fry before the shit hit the fucking <laughs> i might have done the last interview with him oh really yeah that he did for like two years when it, everything was still sunshiny. And I asked him a couple of things. He was like, let's just go to the phones. Like, he was like kind of weirded oh, out really? by it. I'm like, okay. So, in this book, he writes about his uncle guy had um, done this fucking band and everything. So, he remarked in the band what a fucking asshole the drummer was and the singer, right? So, after we're off the air, I go, uh, Don Henley. And he's like, what? I go, was that the fucking guy that you were talking about? Because there's not a lot of yeah. people who sing lead and drum. Yeah, I mean, it's um, Don and Levon. <laughs> Levon and the guy from um, Phil Collins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. He, it, it became obvious to me, like, he doesn't even, not only does he not know that, but that wasn't even like a reference point no. that Don Henley fucking sings while he plays the drums. He was like, huh? Like, he never heard the word Don Henley. So, so you could tell that it was, when you were interviewing that it was that a lot of it was kind of bullshit? Well, it was weird I, I was because I, I didn't go into it from that fact. And it was a thing of, like, I just found, I had read the books, found out he was coming in, but I didn't feel like, oh, it was just one of those, hey, come on in. Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel, and then that night I went and, you know, looked him up on the internet and people had been writing, he's a fucking liar, you, you know, yeah. because... Um, you know, everybody was mad at him for saying he did his dental work without doing meds. But I just, you know, myself yeah. had done that. I think it's something that people would look into. So I didn't think he lied about I'm afraid to do fucking dope. Yeah. Um, well, and he just, because I remember reading the book right after all that came out. I mean, people were just shitting all over him, saying the whole thing. I mean, I thought it was still an interesting book, though. An interesting yeah, story. it was actually not a bad book, the first one. Yeah, the first one. Uh, the second one, like you said, got a little weirder and weirder yeah. and... You know, I'm tied in with the mafia. My uncle's tied in with the mafia. And then the thing was so cinematic at the end of throwing the ashes all over the golf club that he, he never was let into. I don't even remember the end of the second one. Yeah, at the time, I'm like, wow, that's fucking really touching. It's more like a movie than real life. <laughs> but at the, but the point, I didn't think, why would someone lie? It didn't even fucking dawn on me. Um, here is uh, Bill. Bill Yarmunifez. Hey, Ronnie, yeah, the alcohol has the sugars in it, and uh, it screws with the insulin, so it takes days to produce it back out of the body, so that's why it says he may be a little fucked up. No, I, I, I definitely agree with that, that a diabetic uh, shouldn't be drinking. Um, but your diabetes is diabetes, too. You're not shooting up insulin or anything. Right, right? yeah. I mean, I know you're a diabetic, but it's not 
some kind of life-threatening insulin things. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I mean, I'm not having like circulation problems. Uh, you right. know, where I'm going to lose my you, toes. You've or... got the diabetes too, which is about every adult male in America who's ever eaten at Burger King is probably. Um, here is um, here's Steve. Steve, you're on my face. Hey, fellas, uh, great show as always. Uh, hey, I don't know if. Uh... Uh, if you notice, it sounds like, I don't know about the anger management issues, but it sounds like uh, Fez's psychiatrist may be like Jim Gaffigan's character on uh, Boy to Death. Boy, Jim Ca- Gaffigan's character just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's fucking hysterical. Just, just wasn't ever involved in this. Boom! He's just taking off with this crazy character. I love that when fucking Stephen walked in. I not uh, tolerate people walking into my meetings. Did you ever see that 9-11 movie that was a real straight movie that Gaffigan was in? And no. he played a guy with anger issues? So this is the second time I've seen him play the nice guy that could just explode into anger. That's so, that's so bizarre because you would never pick that out from his comedy. Yeah, but I, no, I do think it's underneath. I think, I think it's already been put there enough times. Because I think I think the same thing about Regan too. I think a guy who's that nice is going to hit somebody in the head with a ball peen hammer. <laughs> um, was it Three Kings? No, that was in. No, of course no, it, was it wasn't Three Kings. I never saw that. <laughs> Three Kings is great. You'll fucking love that movie. Well, I'm just go- looking through his filmography. There's not a lot of. It's the Slammin' Salmon, uh, the Love Guru. Go around 2002, 2003. Ig- Igby goes down. Maybe no. the Great New Wonderful. I think. Thank you. Wow. Thank God for you. This other kid is so fucking busy packing his bags. He doesn't have, um, you know, any fucking chance to do anything else. Plus, he's illiterate. Sal, you're on a fez. Yeah, Brian, you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, listen, uh, uh, being an alcoholic myself, uh, the alcohol doesn't make me, you know, I have a disease. I drink because I'm an alcoholic. I don't. I'm not an alcoholic because I drink. Right. And also, and also, maybe the doctor was just you know. You can't tell anybody else that an alcoholic. So if the doctor's suggesting you go to an AA meeting, maybe he just suggesting that says uh, find out for himself what he really is. If he isn't, or if he isn't, I don't know who's an alcoholic who's not. I know I am. And when I went to a meeting, I discovered that I belong. That's okay. it. Thank right. you. Thanks. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. How you doing? Good. Good. Listen, I work as a drug and alcohol counselor, and uh, I can ask Fezzy just literally a couple questions. I mean, I can't give him a formal evaluation. I can. Literally. uh, Fezzy, when you drink, is it appropriate for the time and to the place? Yes. Okay. When you drink, how much do you drink? Do you feel that you overdrink? Um, I I don't overdrink all the time. I have overdrank in the past. Okay. Um, when you drink, do you, you hurt yourself or other people? No. Okay. Um, do you feel like you have a problem? No, I didn't think so. Okay. Fezzy, I, I can honestly tell you, man, I, I think you might have some alcoholic tendencies, but to call yourself an alcoholic uh, is totally um, redundant at this point. I mean, you're sick. You shouldn't be drinking. I think that's clear. But to say that you're a full-blown alcoholic, I would absolutely not even... I would tell you to watch watch, watch what you're doing, um, be mindful of yourself, and to go from there, man. That's my honest and true opinion. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's the same thing I said. Well, here's the thing with Fess. He stopped drinking in public because something you did last fucking New Year's Eve. 
Right, yeah. Uh, it's not so much that, oh, I got to drink. But you can't drink that good. You're not a good drinker. You used to be. This probably has to do with your diabetes. In the same way as you used to eat, you know, a whole fucking cake. Now you can't. You shouldn't have any cake. Because what's cake want, make you want? More cake. Right. That's why this whole thing of, you know, one French fry is not fucking satisfying. That you're better off to get those things out of your life. And alcohol should be one of the things that you probably should get out of your life. Just like sugar, sweets, carbs, whatever these things that make you fucking sick. Maybe that's just the therapist thing. I mean, because you can't say, hey, man, you really need to get healthy. for You need to be healthy for 90 days. I mean, that's too wide-ranging. Whereas... Stop doing this. That's a very specific goal. Right. And then once you successfully do that, you'll know you can successfully give up anything that's causing you. Now, at the same time, are you going to stop taking the pills? Are you going to stop taking the Valium or whatever these abuse bars or whatever you have? Yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah. If you did that, you're probably saying, I want to clear my system out, which seems to be a good idea for you. Yeah. I mean, I know I got like a Thanksgiving flight coming up and I'm nervous about that, but I just I know what the damn Xanax did to me the last time I took it on a flight. You so were I'm, you were not for a week the last time you came back here. I mean that that began the and we're not talking that long ago, but a week went by and you said maybe eight fucking phrases over the course of a week. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just gonna have to take the turbulence. Why don't you do what Pepper suggested that time? You take the fucking train. You start to John Madden yourself. I think it's a great idea. I can see the country. You see in the country, slowly, excitedly, if the train crashes, maybe you find out you're unbreakable. And then you got to start fighting with a black guy in Philly. Uh, Chris, look at that. Look how nice the fucking train is beautiful. You're in there, you're in the dining car, Fez, you're having a small Hello? salad and the fucking unbuttered toast. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, Chris, you're on a Fez. Yeah, you got me? Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, yeah. So, here's, here's the thing is, I, I hate to be a downer and agree with the therapist, but no. I'm not, I'm not calling, I'm not calling Fez an alcoholic or anything, but alcohol is a depressant, but after you drink, you do go through some withdrawal symptoms. And those withdrawal symptoms can be cause anxiety, heart palpitations, any of these things. So it could worsen Fez's anxiety along with the depressant nature of it while you're drinking. So. I think we all I think we all agree with that. Uh, but, you know, the whole thing uh, of, you know, bringing up the Fez drinks alone or whatever, he does everything alone. Well, uh, here's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying he's an alcoholic. I'm saying that if he does stay away from it for 90 days, uh, I, I will guarantee you that his anxiety and his depressive symptoms will get better because he's not going through this depression and reverse anxiety from the withdrawal from alcohol. So it might work for him. He can feel better. Well, I, I didn't know that I had a, a guarantee from Chris from New Jersey, but now that I do, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm well, going to stamp this. I'm going to stamp this. Chris from uh, New Jersey uh, gave me a 100% guarantee. Yeah, I could shit in a box and stamp it guaranteed. That's how, that helps you sleep at night. What are you talking about? Just from Tommy Boy. Why would you bring up Tommy Boy? We're talking about your fucking life right now. You're fucking stealing from a fat, dead alcoholic? Come on, Fez. Uh, Phil, you're on the run of Fez show. Oh, look. Is that who you want to be? It's hilarious. Hey, Ronnie, I got an Ichiban Get a picture of him in his coffin. Oh. Yeah, go ahead, Phil. 
right. Hey, Ronnie. Um, this one's sure to make all the late-night monologues. Um, rural Wisconsin man uh, becomes enraged and blasts his television screen with a shotgun after uh, Bristol Palin's performance on Dancing with the Stars Monday night. Why, why did anyone care so much about Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, Ronnie. So I guess well, she's not a good dancer, and she beat Brandy, who is a good dancer. I guess uh, it's one of those things. Uh, some people get mad at Bristol Palin dancing. Some people get mad at the word fag. All right, good thing. Everybody, I guess, has a fag out there. Uh, this guy in Wisconsin, his fag is Bristol Palin winning on Dancing with Car- Stars. Fez, your fag is fag, which yeah, is a it- time saver. It's it's not a good word to use, no matter what we're using it for. It Give hurts people. Drink up, Balky, because that's all you got fucking time for. You're slurring through another Miller Light. Pound it. By the way, speaking of that, I think it's Miller Light that are doing these we're not weirdo commercials. It almost comes across as bullying, but they're making people fun of people who wear fucking different things than the normal frat guy. Jesus. And I'm like, well, you're a fucking beer I don't even want at all. They were kind of making fun of the fucking hipster who wears sunglasses at night or basically doing this thing, you're not a real man, like your mom dresses you. And oh, okay. I hate to say it, but it's coming off a little anti-fag. See, anti-gay would probably be a better word. I know. Because Tell that to them, Fez. I'm on your side. I'm 100% on your side. That's why I've turned it around. All right, Fez Watley, alcoholic. How many days clean and sober? Um, t- uh, today will be the second day. Congratulations. Is this going to make trolling for you fucking ner- a little more nervous? On the- yeah. Because now what's a guy doing drinking a fucking, uh, you know, seltzer water? Asking me to buy me a drink and he's not having any? Kinda what's he up to? Date rapey. It does. It is a little date rapey. It seems a little awkward to me. It's real awkward. And I have sent drinks over to other people before. Oh, disgusting. Now, now you can't do that. But now you have the opportunity to, like, you could say, I would like a virgin pina colada and, like, do a little wink thing and maybe tie in something. Mm. I don't know if you're looking to go that way. Either that or just go into the shitter, put your dick through the glory hole and see what happens. I think it's going to get sucked. <laughs> Be quicker. Or it could get sliced with a fucking sharp razor. Either way, you're better off than you are now. That's for fucking damn sure. You might you might go back for another fucking slashing. I'll tell you this, Fez. You've almost got all your problems beat, though. You're really close to being a perfect fucking guy. Nah, I think I'm pretty far away. Do you own a gun? No. You gotta buy one and point it at yourself. Just if you can come up with one reason not to pull the trigger, that would be a start. What would be your reason not to pull the trigger right now? Um, afraid to do it. Mm, that would, more fear. Yeah, that would ju- that would be the only thing <laughs> so, that would keep me from doing it. So really, even that's a failure uh-huh. when you think about it. Yeah. Um, Michael, you're on a fez. Uh, hey, Fez, I'm an alcohol addiction counselor, and I was going to tell you something that I tell many patients every day, and that is you're not really an alcoholic because all you drink is Shirley Tipples and cum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, by the way, I'm going back to Lupus Girl, who do we get is incredibly hot right now? I think you sounded like it. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. It gets even better. Okay. Uh, this is what she's writing. Uh, she wrote to two, two friends and apologized about saying dyke. She said, um, I'm, I meant no harm because I didn't know Fez had a secret. And then she says, I'm actually bisexual myself. Nice. That's awesome. I wonder if she was this sexy before the lupus. I doubt it. I think lupus is the thing that really made her fucking, you know, it all start to work for her. Well, yeah, she's and constantly rolling. That's why I'm, uh, I won't give up. Um, I think I might even have a cure for cancer, but uh, it's so it's so untested, I don't want to even bring it up yet. What? I think I got it, though. You should tell people. It's important. Well, I'm not done yet. What do you think you have so far? Uh, just chewing on pen caps. If you just keep doing that, there's something about that, that pen saliva. I'll get into your system. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Careful, though, because sometimes Norton puts the pens up his asshole to... Um, I don't know why he does it. Now I'll come to think of it. <laughs> I, I've never found out the reason. Um I think it is. It's specifically to discourage people from chewing on the pen. Oh, okay. That makes perfect sense then. I want to remind people that this... What Sat people? Everybody listening. Mm -hmm. That this Saturday night, Unmasked, with special guest Marlo Thomas, debuts on Raw Dog, Sirius XM comedy, Uncensored, on the Raw Dog channels. That's this Saturday night, 8 p.m., Unmasked, with Marlo Thomas. Sweet lady she is, huh, Fez? Love her. I saw you crying during it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, what got was very teary-eyed. Is that because you saw me talking to someone else? Well, that was part of it, but also just some of the stories Marlo was telling during her unmask. All right, a lot of people saying in, um, Fez, no, nobody with diabetes should drink at all. Which is good for you. I'm, I'm actually thinking this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to do on the weekends now during your normal time? I don't know. I'm wondering what's going to happen. It's almost like I'm waiting for, a, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm sure I'm going to want a beer. They, you know, Sunday is going to be the weirdest, where I usually use that as a little courage to mm -hmm. not have that. So that's going to be a little tougher. Why don't you just have, um, instead of drinking, just have a red licorice lip. Uh, that whip, one of those old-fashioned whips, and you just eat those down. Keep you busy. That's probably not good for the diabetes either. Tastes good. Then you could even stick it up your ass and say to anybody, you want to find out, start eating this, see where it leads? I'll give you a hint. It's my asshole, so go ahead and start. I don't know if there... You haven't met anybody at that bar yet, huh? No. No, I've been going to a new one for, I think, I, about three weeks now. Yeah. Haven't met anyone. Left digits and, you know, um, phone number and email addresses. Never. No call back. Oh, never. Yeah. I, I, that's happened to me probably about five times, and I have never, ever gotten a response back. Can I uh, throw in a thing here? Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a lot of uh, pickups that ever take place at a sports bar. I've never heard one in any world. I think there's obviously like some dancing going on of some sort, some sort yeah. of music. Not just people you staring at the You gotta start to fucking shake that fucking bag. It's New York City. Get that yeah, there's some great clubs. They call it New Pork City because they're porking so much. 
What if you start going G-Date? G-Date this motherfucker. I've thought about the computer dating. I get, oh, just with like the, um, the Craigslist killer and stuff. I just get really nervous about but you, someone that I, that I haven't sat there and talked to and gotten a vibe off of. What about this? When you, we'll set up a G-date for you, right? Okay. Same fucking night. Me and Hicks will just happen to be drinking in the same fucking bar that you roll into. And when you give us the scratch on the nose, it means you feel safe about it. Oh, okay. If not, if it seems like you need us to jump in, you just slightly go like this. Me and Hicks jump up and start putting the boots to the motherfucker. That girl. Start kicking her ass. Yeah. No problem with that. I would do it. Seriously? I would, I would, I would, if, if I <laughs> ever, got, first of all, I would, if, I, if I ever got on a date, I would love for you to, like, be in the back of what, the restaurant or whatever, near the restroom, so I could excuse myself and go to you and say, here's what I think is not working, here's where I need some help, you want please me to, tell me something, Serenow. Alright, I'll do a Serenow for you. The uh, problem is I got just an adorable button nose, that's the only fucking problem for you. I could uh, give you my old pickup line. What's that? Who wants to lick cocaine off my dick? <laughs> They'd be fucking standing in line, jumping up and down. I got a bad word here. Coke horse. Now, looking back on it. Get out of this meeting. You disgust us. You told the people at the meeting about who wants oh, to lick coke everything. off your dick? That's weird. Sometimes I'll just make it like... Uh, I did this one time. I was just fucking telling the story, and I'm like... I think we've all woken up next to that person who, you know, you didn't expect, blah, blah, blah. I'll go try this. She's five. So, <laughs> get out. And then I said the sheets were all bloody from where oh. I crushed her little fucking cunny. Yeah, that was probably the over the line part that second half. <laughs> The worst part is she didn't even have a head. Something must have fucking happened. I don't know what it was blacking out. But the, the worst... I think even worse is most of the shit I remember. And I wasn't even drinking that day. So you got to be careful, Fez. Uh-huh. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Sounds like you murdered and raped a little girl. <laughs> Technically, yeah, but every day I'm getting stronger and stronger thanks to this program. It all depends on everyone's interpretation. Thank you, Fez. Don't be like these guys on the other side. Well, be you're trying here. to help me. Yeah, you be over here with me. Let them play the part of the of that. Rich, you're on the Run of Fest show. Rich in Iowa. Yeah, is, is it just me, or does this sound a lot less like Cyrano and more like an episode of Three's Company? I mean, where's this date taking place? The Regal Beagle? Hmm. Come and drink with a fag. That was not the theme He's song. He's trying to pick up a Jew. Are those the stupidest shorts you've ever seen on a woman? She want, looks like gym class. I really wish those would make a comeback. <laughs> hers and hers and his. I love the shorts and tall socks look. 
That's ridiculous. This is their promo pictures. It's like they just said, even in the pictures, we don't care. Forget how bad we're going to fuck up the show. Ronnie, I'm Fez. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask Fezzy, uh, whatever happened to that group of guys that he went back to their place with? Um, I went back to that... They pulled a train on you, Fez? No, I did not get a train pulled on me. Come on, ride the Nothing train. like that. That was one of the... Come on, ride the train. That was one of the ones where I didn't hear back from somebody. Aw. And then didn't see them again at the bar. Oh. Well, let's get into that first. Does that make you feel good or bad when you don't get the call back? Uh, it makes me feel fairly bad because at the time, mm. maybe that's where the drinking comes in. At the time, it <laughs> seems like it's we're really going to get together. This is actually going to happen. I'm going to talk to someone for a second time, not just once. Well, there's a very good point. Maybe if, now that you stop drinking, you'll stop being so fucking clueless. But you also can't take it bad because there's a lot of reasons people don't get called back. Like um, what? Well, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're dull, your breath stinks. Mm -hmm. So you can't sit there and judge yourself. Yeah, those are all the reasons that make me feel bad about it. Harry. Even the breath stinking? Oh, yeah. You're not used to that yet? No, I... I you, hope it doesn't stink. I carry all kinds of yeah, but, breath fresheners on me. But you're the only person I ever know whose breath can stink while they're chewing mint. I don't know how you do it. Constantly have morning breath. Um, Rob Cross actually said this to me the other day. He goes, has Fez been eating corpse? And I go, Rob, you know he hasn't. You're just trying to get me to laugh. And then we high-fived. And then... Uh, he had your press picture, and we each drew dicks on it and pissing. See, that that shouldn't be a meeting. Well, it wasn't a meeting. We were out to dinner with the girls oh. and the kids. That's badass right there. That's my favorite Rana Fest picture of all time. Yeah, you know why? Because you're fucking immature. Why? That's babyish. Take it down. Right. I, I fucking hate saying it every... I think you even put that up on our message board. I did. I think it's a great picture. I don't see you really involved in the message boards that much. Fez, you're the, the least of all. The message mm -hmm. board is fucking dangerous. Every time I log on, somebody else has posted something, just killing someone. to say they're fucking throwing the games, they're losers. They That's blowhard. Okay, blowhard is making the message board a not fit, fun place to be. <laughs> blowhard is not a fun person, so what? We're used to that. That's why he's fun to beat. Which I destroyed him this last past Sunday. Stupid to fucking brag about that. Beat about like 50. So what? It's fantasy football. It didn't even matter if he would have had Michael Vick, I still would have beat him. That makes me feel so good. You don't like Blowhard at all. At I, all. I feel like Blowhard doesn't like me. So well, it's he a does. Fight. It's a battle. I don't like to back down. Well, is there anybody else in our league that you hate? No, I don't think so. I'm a big fan of everybody else in our league. It's ex weird. Except man. for maybe the mystery player. But let's not even get into that. Um, Joe, you're on Run Fez. Hey, hey, Ron. Yeah. Hey, Fez. 
Yes. What, what is it? We're all here. I have your fucking prescription if you'll listen. Pay the fucking lease off and get out of that shithole that you live in over on Roosevelt Island. Get off that fucking island and get a good blowjob. And by that, I mean getting one, not receiving one. That will cure your alcoholism and your depression. Well, as long as you're offering, Joe. No, I'm not offering. Joe, where are you calling from? West Virginia. Oh! Yeah, there we go. Oh, God, that makes perfect sense. Now I get it. Hicks? Now I get it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. Ah. Well, Vez, I love talking about your your problems. You know why? Why is that? It's one note. The one note show. But I can't always focus on you, uh, Fezzi. Uh, my buddy uh, Hicks has some problems. Uh, there's Fez's tram ride. Do you really have to ride that every morning? Um, he Well, right now it's down. Because uh-huh. it, yeah, still it, down. It got stuck a couple years back, and it was in the Spider-Man movie. Looks like a fun roller coaster. Oh, that's how you're going to get there. I've got to ride that thing. Yeah, you could right. ride on the outside. I've seen guys riding on the outside of that, standing up. Dude, swear to God, it would be fucking fun. Like it would be, a, it's a cool view. You can't, you can't believe how high you are. You're higher than the bridge. That's uh, Brad, you're on Ronnie Fuzz. Ronnie B, I got an Ichiban bomb for yeah. you. What's up? It looks like uh, Eva Longoria just filed for divorce from uh, Spurs guard Tony Parker. Um, I really don't have anything back to say to that. I, I don't even know what that means. Well, Who, who's the woman that we're talking about here? She's Desperate Housewives. Now, have you ever seen it? No. No. Uh, and all I know about it is that um, she took the name Eva Longoria Parker after she got married. Okay. Um, all right, we'll take a break. But, heck, something's been driving you crazy today. Uh, yeah, there's a new study that came out from uh, Britain about only child- only children versus uh, kids who have siblings. Oh, uh, the only children. Yeah. I'm an only child. Yeah, all fucking dysfunctional assholes are. Really? Yeah, of course. You're the worst thing in the world. You don't have a brother. Well, wait for this study. It might change your mind. Oh, because they get <laughs> doted on like the little pussies that they are? Dear sweet Waldo. That's a fucking only child to me. All right, well, is this the Eva Longoria? Oh, yeah. I don't know how Tony Parker managed to yeah. fucking get divorced. And I think he he did it. Like, he's the one who got divorced from her. Well, Tony Parker's obviously gay. Yeah. That's I don't true. know why everyone just didn't say that years ago. Oh, look at that. Oh. If I was the uh, minister, I'd have to go like this. I'm not going to ma- uh, marry you two because Tony Parker's gay. <laughs> minister can make choices like that? Why not? He doesn't have to fucking marry everybody who comes in. See, there's those shorts again from Three's Company. Eva Longoria's got to bring it that, up. That, that's it. the most ridiculous uh, promo thing I've ever seen. Um, someone sent me Lu- uh, Lupus Girl's uh, Facebook pictures, but I'm not on Facebook. All right. So I'll send them over to you. Okay. We'll take a good long look at her. I hope she's got some of the skinhead shots. All right. We'll take a break here. Back. Uh, people are thinking that the one note is eyes wide shut. I do remember that nice white shot. They would just play that annoying note over and over. Uh, back, uh, Hicks wants to tell us about the only children. It's Ron and Fez show. The Ron and Fez show. The virus on Sirius XM. She's a high. 
That was uh, recorded uh, 40 years ago today, live in New York City. A uh, little Elton John. All right, 866 Ron Zero Fez, 866 Ron 
Zero Fez. I don't know whether you guys have seen this. Well, I want to let Hicks get to his thing now. But Hicks, have you seen Ashton Kutcher doing the uh, TMZ parody? Yeah, I saw him uh, fucking busting their balls. Yeah. As the kids say, is it going viral? Is it big? Yeah, it's getting it's getting big. It's it's nice. It's a nice rollout on that. What surprised me about it is that the TMZ people were acting like celebrities rather than have yeah. a little fun with it. They were doing shit like trying to put their notebooks oh, yeah. in front of. They were doing the exact same thing that they mock people out for. But what are you? What are you doing? What? What's that question mean? Huh? Like it's fucking really weird. They didn't have anything Dicks. at all about themselves uh, that made it feel like, hey, here's how I would act if I had people follow me around, bother me. Has TMZ commented on it at all? I haven't seen them respond to it yet. So is Ashton friends with them, or is he really pissed and he's just pointing this out? He's mocking them out. He doesn't. By the way, like that girl guys. there is fucking hysterical. The blonde chick. Yeah. Because she's on uh, Children's Hospital. Yeah. She's amazing on there. I don't even know who she is. But I'm ready to do an unmask with her. Just based on that and Children's Hospital. <laughs> And no, not you, Pete Dominic, not yet. Someday, maybe. Someday. Can I do an unmasked? No. Not yet. Plus, everybody that ever talks with Pete Dominic gets fired. That guy from CNN. And that really is it right now. That's the only one, but still. It's enough for reputation. All right, Hicks, what was your big story? All right, so the, in Britain, they had a uh, study of about 2,500 uh, kids. And the what happened was is the only children are more are the more contented than those with siblings because they don't have to fight for their parents' attention. That's what the study is basically saying. Yeah, but to what age? Because that's great when you're three, but when you're 15, you don't want your parents' fucking undivided attention. Exactly. Well, I, I don't know when that's... This study just fucking seems like bullshit because I never want my gun and parents' attention. It doesn't make any sense. I remember I got a little sister when I was like, I don't know, four. And I remember thinking, oh, finally, get these people to stop asking me what I'm doing and shit. And when I saw, like, the family focusing on her, I was like, good. Now I can finally get some shit done that I need to do. I make some phone calls, start moving money around. Why? Without... Four? Without everybody asking me, what are you up to? I really hated the, what are you up I still don't like if someone says, what are you doing? I'll just call you up. Hey, what's up? How's it going? What you doing right now? Well, it was like, even like with Rob or Steve, you know, if they start going, what are you guys working on? I'll be like, D different shit, shit you don't know about that's good. I can never, even if we have stuff we're working on, I can't sit there and feel good about telling people. Fez, Fez is doing this whole new fucking bit now where he doesn't like, the word fag. It's great. It's good. It's taking off. I'll tell you that. Phones are fucking popping. That's what we're doing. Yeah. I don't know. What, what are you doing? What are you doing in there? Fucking planning something? Fucking on your computer? Checking shit out? What are you doing? Uh, all right. Mike, do I have that list now of the uh, prizes that we're giving out? Um, it's coming in now. It's coming in. I love to have a team that's on top of things. M Malin Ackerman? No, that's not her. Oh. That's not fucking her at all. Children's Hospital has a lot of hot chicks on it then. Yeah, of course. It's not a fucking shitty show. It's a fucking great show. 
right, here's some of the prizes we're going to be giving out during the search search uh, in December. Uh, a copy of Crash by our new buddy uh, Stefan Lassar. Uh, Phil Spector's uh, Christmas signed by Darlene Love. That's amazing. Quincy Jones signed. How about this? Copy of Born to Death signed by Jason Schwartzman. A copy of Natalie Cole's Greatest Hits signed by Natalie Cole. Now, here's the thing here. Maybe you wouldn't want that yourself, but would that be a perfect Christmas present for your ma? That's the beauty of, of running this at Christmas. You can get a Christmas present, give it to your ma, your dad, your grandmother, whatever. How about this? Copy of Jackass, the box, box set, Johnny Knoxville. Mr. Show, season one and two, signed by David Cross. A book signed by Geraldo Rivera. Len Berman, which if you happen to be in New York City, the Len Berman thing. Um, Avatar, signed by John Landau. Laverne and Shirley, seasons one, by Michael McKean. Straight out of Compton by Ice Cube. Gigantic. Which I still think is the greatest rap band of all time. Actually, it's between them and Public Enemy. Um, live from Wembley, signed by Eddie Izzard. Copy of Crazy Heart, signed by Ryan Bingham. Uh, soft Bulletin, signed by the Flaming Lips. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, a great food book. Born Round, signed by Frank Bruni. This one fucking blows me away. Wag the Dog, signed by the great David Mamet. Jesus. That's fucking cool as shit. Um, a Mario Hemingway signed book. Here's one you know your parents are going to love. Copy of Ultimate Happiness, signed by Deepak Chopra. You give that over, a signed Deepak Chopra at Christmas, you got a fucking Christmas present taken care of now here's some vinyl we got damage signed by henry rollins this is the one hicks is after pet sounds vinyl signed by brian wilson what the fuck i don't know I've, it's ridiculous that's a ridiculous prize even here that so we're giving that away yeah it's fucking nuts and don't fuck with this dvd copy of the terminator 2 signed by james cameron the number one best-selling film director all time. If I'm looking over this, I would love to have The Board to Death by Jason Schwartzman. Um, man, to give a nephew, Jackass, signed by Johnny Knoxville, is cool as shit. I think The Laverne and Shirley, signed by Michael McKean, is great. The Ice Cube, The Eddie Izzard, The Ryan Bingham, and The Flaming Lips is all great shit. I didn't read this off. Baseball, signed by Keith Hernandez. That's cool as shit. The the case, uh, Quincy Jones is amazing. Yeah, Quincy Jones is amazing. Deepak, David Mamet, Henry Rollins, James Cameron, and Brian Wilson. This is all great Christmas gifts that you can pick up on uh, over the next month. Uh, we'll be playing search, search, hurry up and search at least once a day. Um, should be cool as hell. Should be cool as hell. All right. Uh, so Hicks, your point was the obvious. Oh, this is our our girl kissing other guys. Other and girls. Other girls. Yeah. Who's the girl she's kissing? Uh, another hot bisexual, I guess. 
But I like Lupus Girl. She's just constantly on other girls. Good for her being Lupus. Yeah, she is. Old girls, young girls, doesn't matter to her. Yeah, she don't give a shit. She's fucking rolling. Who's that? I think that's her. That's her in a prom dress. She's adorable. A graduation. Uh, this is I'm telling you, I am going over this. I'm going over this list that we have. Who needs Black Friday when you really think about it? This blows away about anything else that you could go out and buy. How the promo is coming for this? I think they're going really well. I think we've got a lot of great ideas. It's coming together. It's coming is together. Is that fast. her? Yeah, she's got a nice uh, back tattoo. Lower hope, back tattoo. I hope she didn't catch lupus from that. It's dangerous. Getting tattoos. Yeah, it gives you lupus all the time. Who's the loser guy kissing her? I don't like him. He's not a girl. No. Is that her BF that she loves? Oh. Girl's grabbing her tits. Those two seem to be really close. Yeah. Good. Is the Who Needs Black Friday catching on at all? Is that going to be a new thing? Hashtag this motherfucker. Hashtag everything up. Start search hashtag. Uh, Fez, you said you had something driving you crazy. Uh, yeah, it was um, actually it was uh, T.O. Uh, claims that a tweet he posted on his Twitter page that took a shot at Donovan McNabb about his new contract and the three interceptions he threw on Monday. He's now saying it wasn't him. It was his brother posting on his page. If you're putting it on your page, it's you. It's your it's it's T.O. verified on Twitter. So it's definitely you on there. Even if even if you didn't type it or not, you're basically putting your seal of approval on it. Well, you got him, Fez. So and I'm not I'm not buying the uh, it was my brother excuse in the first place. My money's still in my wallet, too. So it's, um, yeah, I think he got caught saying something he didn't want to, he ended up regretting. And it's just, you know, it was uh, T.O.'s little brother that did it. Point taken. And speaking of uh, Black Friday, Walmart. Uh, we were. They're trying to um, get uh, the... Uh, they're trying to rearrange their Black Friday schedule. Some of the stores will be opening at midnight on Black Friday. And then some of the bigger deals, like on laptops and TVs, won't happen until 5 a.m. I still think we're going to see the annual uh, Thanksgiving tradition of the trampled-to-death Walmart customer. No matter when they change the time, they still only have one set of doors they're letting people in. Well, maybe if they didn't sell fucking three TVs at $4... Everybody wouldn't be running in there. Yeah, and I think you could order online, and even that's not even going to stop it. People just go nuts going into that store the day after Thanksgiving. They're all wound up on cranberry sauce. I think it's more about the big deals. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure it is, but it's... Uh, you know, there's sales other days of the week, and they just decide to stomp people to death on these days, on this Cause, day. Because these, these sales are ridiculous. And it's the first day of Christmas shopping. So we'll just have to count up the dead this year.
And that was all I had on that. All right, it is the Ron and Fez show, uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Rosen, let me ask you this. You making any big trades this week? Uh, I'm willing to. I think I need to. Um, I'm in a real desperate spot here. What do you need, a quarterback? (laughs) I think you need a strong quarterback. I think I've got already traded you for a strong quarterback. Some people would say you got trade raped for a strong quarterback. The, I don't know who those people are, but I do have the number one scoring quarterback. No, I got the number one scoring fucking player in fantasy football today. He's taken, uh, well, he's taken San Diego to a, I believe, a three and five season, <laughs> yeah. but he's always good for thirty plus. He's the number one scoring player, but I don't have any fucking receivers. I'm not believing in Ocho. See, I've got a ton of receivers. I've got a ton of amazing, ready-to-be-traded receivers just sitting on my bench. I mean, Braylon Edwards, Deion Branch, Santonio Holmes, Brandon Marshall. If they're an elite receiver, they're sitting on my bench. What good is that doing you? Um, it's not doing me any good at all, to be honest with you. But so is Eli Manning is sitting on my bench, too. Why don't you put him in? Because I've got Roethlisberger. Well, then why aren't you doing better than you are? I got into a hole at the beginning of the season. Uh, and you bet with your heart. I did. I played with my heart. I yeah. kept Brett Favre on my team for about eight weeks too long. Here uh, was the two big moves that people made that was all heart ball. You, you never climbed out of the Brett Favre thing. And Watley, his second fucking pick, <laughs> going for the Jets defense. I, when the defense normally is the eighth or ninth pick, no matter who. I literally pick up my defense off the waiver wire every week. Yeah. Like, it's nothing that's... That, it's 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 normally an extra couple of points one way or the other. Um, it's right next to the kicker. It worked for a while. I was winning. I don't, do you really want to be trading me, Ron? I mean, we're playing each other this week. I don't know if. if yeah, you, if you I'm looking for something. I got to do something with my fucking receivers. Okay. And Lord knows, I can't hear from T.O. every single week from Blowhard. I need somebody to come after me. And come after me big time and try to make this thing happen. I'm going to put together a trade package. Because Lord knows I'm going into the playoffs, yeah. but I, I don't think I can win the playoffs the way I am now. So let me ask you this. Now mm-hmm. that you're pretty much guaranteed, guaranteed to be in the playoffs, are you going to pull a Colts and start resting your players and let maybe teams like the Los Cruces Los Vaqueros have a, you know. No, absolutely not. Play to win every week. Well, look right. what happens with the Colts every year. It's a fucking mistake. But you need to rest your players for the playoffs. And Well, what happens if you beat me this week, I'll rest you next week. <laughs> I really need to win out if I'm going to make the playoffs. But you've already, you don't, you, the thing about you is you already don't care about New York. That's not true. It's come off many, many times. I was here. talking to Fez yesterday. I'm already looking for spots to live when I come back for a grad school. Already. You backing this up, Fez? Uh, it sounded really half-hearted. It sounded, uh, I'm surprised that he said it at all. Yeah, it, I'm surprised he said it at all. It, it kind of sounded like, all right, let me just say this, where my heart is really in Texas. What the fuck, Fez? That's not true. That it won't. That you, oh! that you won't be back. That's just how it sounded. That how, you're not coming back. How are we getting into a thing where the kids can say to you, "What the fuck, Fez?" And then they were snickering at you when you were doing the news. You're gonna drop that fucking hammer. I didn't mean anything by it. Uh, in the hall, me and the kid stopped Mark Zito, and we just started beating up on him in the hall. Yeah. The kid has a fucking problem with Zito. He doesn't fucking think. Um, you know the kid, right, Fuzz? Um, draft House. No, no, not from our show. 
We work in oh. serious Kid Kelly. Oh yeah, Kid Kelly, yeah. Um try to pull you in. Kid Kelly's always keeping an eye on Zito, wherever he goes. Uh and me and and the kid forced fucking Zito to open a bag up and show us what was in there because we thought he was stealing company property. Nice. But um he always brings up to me that, well, there's about four people in the building that come to me that think uh well they like to say to me you're too good to Zito because he's done this, this, and this in the past. Which, uh, there's a perfect picture of Kid Kelly with Justin Bieber and Steve Blatter. It looks like a, a great fucking boy band ready to come back. Look at Blatter doing that thing with his head. It's like saying, I like sex appeal. It's a weird smile. That he's yeah, it is. I, can, I couldn't put my arm around a little kid like that. I'd rather just stand next to him. That's the bead, though. What's this big song? This baby. I don't like that one. I like when you smile, I smile. That's my favorite out of all the Bieber tunes. And then my new favorite uh, song in the world is Gwyneth Paltrow singing about um, basically making CeeLo good for the whole family. That's bullshit. Fucking Would you fucking just say to me? I, I, thing did you ask bullshit. me to fucking smack you in the fucking face as hard as I can? I couldn't understand it. Uh, that's not what I meant. I didn't. I hope that's Because if happened. you're getting fucking strong, today's the wrong fucking day for it. But I don't maybe like you think because you stepped on Fez, hey, I'll jump up here on Bennington next. It was that was that wasn't no, not at all. That wasn't what I meant. I'll fucking feed your heart to you, you little prick. <laughs> it's just my. Now, what little, were you saying? My little brothers now know this awesome CeeLo song as "Forget You." So That's because they don't have a fucking brother that'll fucking turn them on the music because you're afraid Jesus will hear the word fuck and you'll and Texas will burn down. That has been the source of many fights between me and my stepmom that if you're going to listen to music that has the F word in it, yeah. listen to it while my children are not in your car. Your stepmom's a Mexican. What? I thought she was. No. What is she, Apache Indian? Southern Baptist. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Let me see a picture of your stepmom. Um, I saw your real mom. Your real mom's incredibly hot. All fucking dressed up for rodeo. Where'd she go to rodeo on the weekends? It's Crawford. Yeah, what else are you going to do? Ain't nothing wrong and with that. She was fucking around with that ATF guy, right? Uh, well, How'd that work out for her? It didn't work out too well. Who's she with now? She's not with anyone now. Just following the rodeo from town to town? That's not Who's that? That's nobody. There's a lot of people with the that, same name. That weirded me out. I thought your dad was married to a little girl. I guess she doesn't have a Facebook, which is... Or maybe she's got me... I wouldn't be surprised if she has me blocked, where I can't even search Smart her idea. Really, yeah. Smart her. fucking idea. <laughs> uh, Hicks, what's going on in your world? Well, I just fucking heard that they're doing a goddamn remake of Wizard of Oz, or they're trying to. Yeah, there's going to be uh, very, very soon Robert Downey Jr. It's a prequel. And it's going to be the wizard when he before he became the wizard. That's what they're trying to do, but they're also now doing an actual... Remake of the original Wizard of Oz. I hadn't heard that. It's the word for word same script. Yeah. It's they're gonna try to just do the exact same thing with Zemeckis. Yeah. Are they gonna do it with Pink Floyd? I wish. All right, this is Robert Zemeckis is behind this. Has he said any of the people he wants? Because I would use the entire cast of Back to the Future and see if that doesn't work out. Really, like the Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd would be the perfect Tin Man. Elizabeth Shue, I guess it would be Dorothy? No, Elizabeth Shue would be the cowardly lion. What? Um, I don't have a huge problem with that because the other films still exist. 
I have more of a problem with people acting like, uh, you know, and I brought this up many times before, that that Back to the Future is somehow a genius work of art. When I just think it's a, a fun little movie. Uh, it was on again last weekend, all weekend long. Well, go to Twitter. People are going crazy. And they're all just fucking ripping off Ant, because him and Danny loved it so much. Yeah. Uh, hey, Bob, you're on Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, what's up, brother? Yeah. Hey, you know, um, I've noticed you, you need to start whipping out the cowbell on some of these guys, man. They're starting to disrespect you a little bit. I noticed that today, and I think one of the reasons is Fez lets them get strong with him so they think they can fucking move it around. They think that's going to be a 100% deal. Fucking kids freebasing over there? What the fuck? All right, I want to say right now, I didn't, I'm sorry, Ron and Fez. Let me fucking point this out to you. I got fucking murder victims fucking older than you. No, I heard that story earlier about that poor little girl. Poor little girl? Or does she have a coming to her? I only, out of all the time travel movies, Hicks, what's your all-time favorite? All-time favorite is, uh, it's a small independent, the, the film Primer. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah, it. Yeah, I saw Primer. It was like a really tiny film. I think it won at Sundance or something, but that was my favorite. That's been my favorite time travel movie for a long time. Um... Had no budget, but it was it was a science fiction film done on no budget that was pretty goddamn great. Let's throw into this. What was the greatest all time time travel movie? Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. I'm leaning right now. Twelve Monkeys, which I thought was on so many fucking levels brilliant, and. You know, the opening scenes. It's so smart just to use Philadelphia instead of New York for a change. You know, I just get a little tired of seeing New York fucking destroyed film after film after film. Uh, what about for you? I don't know if you would consider this a time travel movie, but I would say Groundhog's Day in terms of how time, in terms of just fucking with time. It's fucking with time, the but he's time. not traveling in time. He's stuck in time. He is a man stuck in time. Well, in that case, I'll go with uh, I'll go with the Star Trek. I think that's when they went for the elephants. Well, they always. I mean, the fucking whales. Yeah, that was fucking embarrassing. Um, Stedman, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, it's got to be Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is actually a pretty good one uh, in terms of just being a fun little movie. And it doesn't get near the love that those uh, Michael J. Fox films does. And the other day, Keanu Reeves said he would love to do another one now that they're this age. And the other guy said, fuck yeah. yeah, fuck yeah, 100%. Count me and Keanu. Did people like Back to the Future when it came out? Yeah, they did. It was a fucking hit, but um, they love it even more now. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Jeremy, you're on a fuss. Hey, Ronnie. Donnie Darko. Um, Donnie Darko, it's a weird time travel movie. I'm not even sure, like, normally in a time travel movie, you can do something to help change time. Donnie Darko, you were such a fucking victim in that movie. It's a great movie, but it's kind of heartbreaking. Bob Westchester, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, there was a movie called Time After Time with uh, one of the McDowell's. I think it was, uh, it? it was Malcolm. It was uh, Brid and uh, Steam Virgin, that girl, Steam Virgin. Yeah, that and, one, um, he was Jack the Ripper, right? Yes, yes, and H.G. Wells back in the time machine. Very underrated, very well. Very um, well. It's funny no one brought up the original uh, Time Machine movie, which goes way back, like in the 50s, 
and it's still pretty cool. Um, let's go over here to uh, Sean. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, boy. Yeah. Uh, and just because I'm a sucker for any time traveler movie, the time traveler's life could have been a good one if they had tweaked the storyline a little better. But the process of him jumping back forth uncontrollably, and he actually gets to see his daughter grow up and. It could have been tweaked and made a real good movie out of it. A couple people told me that the book was better than the movie, but I went to the movie and chicks were sobbing all over the fucking theater in the darkness. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Ralph, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, guys, how's it going? Here's another McDowell, Roddy McDowell, Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, Planet of the Apes was a time travel movie. Now, it wasn't one that you had any control of time, where you can move it back and forth. Again, you're somewhat of a victim. Uh, Bobby, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how about the butterfly effect, man? That was a really weird one. Yeah, hideous. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, how about Time Bandits? Time Bandits. More silliness as we travel through time. That one was like half a Money Python movie. Uh, Jason, you're on Fez. Hey, Rodney, I'm going to go old school and say uh, Philadelphia Experiment. What was that guy's name, Michael Paré or uh, something like that? He used yeah, to do all like the B films of the 1980s. Uh, Richard, you're on Fez. Yeah, there's this, um, it's like an obscure kind of, I saw it on DVD. Uh, it's uh, Spanish. It's, it's, it's originally in Spanish. It's called Time Crimes. Blows you, it'll blow your mind. If you like Fiverr, you'll fucking love Time Crimes, I'm telling you. If I love what? Primer? All right, we'll look into it's, time it's crimes, because I've never heard of it. Have you, Alex? Takes your uh, Spanish um, ability to understand science fiction is almost nil at these times. Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Slaughterhouse Five. Slaughterhouse Five, great book. I don't know if the movie clicked for me. Yeah, I thought the, I thought the movie totally lost the the whole point of the book, like the point of being lost in time unstuck. as being lost in your life. Unstuck in time. Yeah. Uh, Jason, you're on the Run Fez show. What about the uh, 1960, The Time Machine by H.G. Uh, Wells? I thought that that was just a brilliant film, and for me, I think that um, started steampunk. If you look at it, that entire setup was all steampunked up. Uh, look who it is. It's our good friend uh, Big E, you're on the Run Fez show. The first Terminator. First Terminator, Eight definitely a time travel movie. And again, once you get into that, you start to play with it like, well, why go back and kill him at that age? Why not go back and kill his great-grandparents who never would have seen this shit coming? You know, that would have, that would have been the person to go after. Um, find the weakest link that you possibly could. Yeah. And get them. There was a really bad one years and years ago, but it was so bad it was good. It was um, the guys who went hunting in the past in prehistoric times, and just uh, I think they did. I think it was the butterfly thing. They stepped on a moth or something, and slowly the present kept changing due to the evolution. What was the name of this? I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Jeff in Michigan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Yeah. Hi. Uh, the movie I, I was thinking was Deja Vu with Denzel Washington. Oh, is that the one? No, I don't think I know this. Uh, he's, uh, he's a cop, and he travels back 
saved oh. the life of a girl that got killed. Yeah, it's a Brooklyn movie, and I tried to watch half of it once, and walked out on the film, and I was at my own house. It's I should have just changed the channel. It's Jerry Bruckheimer, Tony Scott movie. Enough saying. Enough said. <laughs> um, Rachel, you're on the Run and Fest show. Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves' big movie. They they go to that uh, beautiful island in the, in Michigan. It's um, kind of a turn of the century thing, and it, that's one of those films that women just love. Absolutely. And a man will sit there uncontrolled, you know, like uncomfortable, and like nothing's happening, and the woman's like, "It's beautiful," and you're like, "Yeah, I guess I don't know." And then you get to think. I am such a nut dragger. I, I can't even see what's going on here. Um, Rich, you're on the Run and Fez show. Yeah, one movie I always kind of watch when it comes on is Millennium with uh, Cheryl Ladd, where they would go back in time to plane crashes and steal the people before the plane crashes, so they could repopulate the future. And then they would actually have to do this when they came back here. The, the future, the air was so bad that these people had to to fucking smoke the whole time because our air was too pure for them. Um, where now, it's really weird. You can see that's the exact opposite of being the truth, that if you see films from the 1960s, L.A. just looks so disgustingly smogged up. And then I recently saw some stuff where New York in the 60s just had this bank of smog sitting above it that you don't see anymore. Um... Here's George. George, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, how about it? Pretty recent, but how about Hot Tub Time Machine? Uh, hot, hot Tub Time Machine. Looks like we turned into a Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, That's pretty funny. Yeah, it did well for itself, too. Ben, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, uh, made me want to go back in time to steal stuff. How about Time Cop? Time Cop uh, with the muscles from Bla Brussels. Jean-Claude Van Damme, which was just like these cops had to constantly go back and try to fix time fuck-ups. By the end of it, you're like, well, it's impossible. There's just no such thing as time. They have a genius tagline. It's, they killed his wife 10 years ago, but there's still time to save her. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, the whole thing. Every time he came back, everything was different because of the work uh, that he did. Uh, Mark, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, uh, yeah, that movie Fez was talking about uh, called The Sound of Thunder. And Edward Burns is in it. I don't, I don't think he directed it, but yeah, he was in it. And there's a scene that is so bad. Uh, it takes place in Chicago, and they're walking down Michigan Avenue, but you can tell they're just standing uh, in front of a screen, shifting their weight from leg to leg. It's, it's beautiful. You've got to see this. Yeah, I, I have seen this. I didn't know what Fez was talking about before, but his so bad that it's good. I'm yeah. going to just say that it's, that it's And Ed Burns is somebody that I like. And Ed Burns, we ought to try to get him on the show, Hicks. He just directed a film for $25,000. He said, I'm going to go back the way I did Brothers McMullen so many years ago. I got twenty five grand, no matter what happens. That's all I'm spending on this film. And he got it done and released, which is, you know, if you release, you're sure to make money off of it. Uh, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, what about Free Jack with uh, Mick Jagger? Mick Jagger, Emilio Estevez... Um, that is one of those films where after a while you're like, did you really think 20 years in the future was going to be that aggressively different 
Did you think there'd be that many changes within two decades? And the weird thing is, out of all the future movies, no one has a laptop. No one has a fucking iPod. They totally miss, like, watching all those old time travel movies, what they think that it was going to look out, look like now. It's so disappointing. They over-projected our growth so much. Well, they do that. They ju- <laughs> And they think it's going to be so life-changing, and it never is. Uh, again, did any of you guys come up with satellite radio? No. This is like the simple shit they completely missed out on. Um, but it was weird. What was I watching the other day? Oh, Dr. Strangelove. And the 1964 movie, just to see the size of a computer. I mean, there was just walls of these spinning fucking reels and lights going off. And I'm like, what the hell did a computer even do then? But he's going to see the big board. Right. Just this shitty fucking... I think those computers were just to throw out a whole bunch of punch cards at once. But what did the punch cards for? I have no idea. Um, Here is... um, Gabe, Gabe, you're in face. Hey, I just wanted to back up the guy that's time crimes earlier. It's a movie I would say you don't want to look up and learn anything about. You just want to watch it, but it's a great time right. travel movie. I'll go to Wikipedia right now and read the synopsis. I'll figure out the whole thing. Uh, Bob, you're on the Running Face show. Hey, what's up, buddies? Yeah. Uh, what about a little movie called Idiocracy? No. Maya Rudolph playing a fucking hot prostitute well she's always hot but that movie is so frightening because it's the only movie that's 100 percent true we're getting more and more retarded as we go along uh rich you're on a fez uh yeah man like uh frequency frequency is a pretty good one i thought it was kind of a back and forth but uh, still a play on the time deal here's the thing there when he was talking to his dad on the radio uh forget about it niagara falls frankie angel niagara falls um, here is, let's go over here to Terrence, you're on Fez. Jennifer Jason Lee, Adrian Brody, Kira Knightling in the jacket. I don't know if you've ever seen that, Ron, but that's a pretty good time travel movie. No, actually the trailer got, made me feel a little too claustrophobic, and then it had the other problem, Adrian Brody. And I tried to stay away from Adrian Brody wherever I can. Nothing wrong with Adrian Brody. What'd you just say to me? Was this the second fucking day time I, today I that you stepped up? You don't have to hate him, but who asked for your fucking opinion? I didn't call you in. It's the Run of Fez show. You box some Fez out. Sorry, Fez. What happened to the old fucking draft house kid? The kid that we were all fucking crazy about. I thought that was the part that you liked. Really? Is that in. why you left fucking Hicks over there to run the fucking phones by himself? Fez is locked in over here. Nobody else is moving around. We have we have other interns. Well, where's where's uh, Hick, where's Hicks at? He is he, he is on the phones. So I don't know where. Mm. I jumped on the phones. Get him under control. You're the best, Hicks. You know what? I will tell you this. You you crazy fucker. Are you a drug addict and alcoholic? Absolutely. <laughs> but are you the only person here who cares? Absolutely. I party. Yeah. Everyone else to me feels like they say this. How can I take? What can I take? I want to contribute. I want to be. I want to be more. How can I be more like Hicks? How about this? You wait till you fucking called on. Oh, okay. You're coming off like the fucking only child right now. Why you make me look at the fucking Adrian Brody fucking thing? You brought up the the trailer. I didn't bring the... it up. Some fucking person did. I don't want any part of it. Take it off. Put up fucking pictures of the Austin Draft House. I'd rather look at that. 
Okay. You can fucking tell me every entrance that you went in and where the fire exits are. Okay. Uh, Carmine, you're in Manifest. Hey, what's up, buddy? It's the yeah. uh, time travel movie, The One, starring Jet Li and Jason Stratham. Well, first of all, if it has Jet Li in it, it's watchable. You can't get around that. None of it ever makes sense, but the fucker's quick as hell. Uh, Todd, you're in Manifest. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, the great Nicolas Cage and Peggy Sue got married. That was also when she saw her grandparents and she started fucking crying. That could get you a little verklempt. Because I think there's always that thing. I've always uh, tried this. Of like, you ever do this? You're just kind of waking up on the weekend. Right before you're, you, you open your eyes. When you're in that place in between awake and asleep. If you think to yourself... This reminds me so much of being in my old room when I was a kid. And you can sit there and focus on it where it feels exactly like it. And you think to yourself, when I open up my eyes, I'll be in my old room. Now, here's the weird thing. That is exactly the way Slaughterhouse-Five worked. That it wasn't some kind of, you're physically you know, doing it. You just wake up there, you're conscious of it, but everything also rolls its way out. That's why Slaughterhouse-Five was so heartbreaking. That's what I thought after reading it. Like you kind of thought, well, maybe that that is how it really is. But our brain, you know, has to has to have some form of order and for in order for it to make any sense to us. Well, everything, yeah, everything it. would have to roll along the way it did, so as to not change things. But there is no reason to time travel unless you can change things, unless it's just to be some kind of tourist. Uh, oh, look how that goes! But you can't be involved, and if you can't be involved, why would you even want to do it? Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Well, I mean, if they created a time machine, you could, because there's always the thing about the grandfather clause. They say that you can't have a time machine because if you killed your grandfather, then you would never be born in order for you to create that time machine. But I've always thought, like, you can. You can do it. It would just, once they invent a time machine, time will be broken. Right. And that makes sense, that you can do that. The, the right, way. but then there'll be a new fucking strand, and you'll have exactly. memory from that point on of everything that happened up there. But the whole point is, who's to say, if that happens, once you returned, what time would you be returning to? What good would it do you? Well, I think that's the whole point where Slaughterhouse-Five comes in, that that who, how can we say that time has never been broken before, that we're not just living one dimension of thousands you know and every decision it could be it's a totally different dimension here's the weird thing all right when you get in those infinite fucking universes right uh -huh. at some universe there is some fucking form of you where you had the biggest fucking winning streak in the history of the world everything that you've ever done came in any girl you wanted any bet you made you never did anything wrong now, of course, there's another one you never did anything right. No. But how would you get yourself into that winning fucking universe? There'd be the place to live. So, you, I mean, it almost kind of seems like you're, I think you're exactly right that there's yes, at some part of it, you're, everything is going wrong. And we kind of live in the middle and every decision we make either goes one way or the other. I mean, you keep either going towards the I mean, because there, there's absolutely two possibilities of how everything in your life could go. Well, there's a lot more. There's a lot more. Now, when you got into that thing, right, I, I got into this thought one time, a long time ago, uh, and I was thinking of my sister-in-law's kids, and I had actually, she met the guy that she was actually going to have uh, kids with. 
So when I got to think about it, not only would those two people have not met each other, and this wasn't like, hey, I got an idea, I'll put these two. She just came to some place that I was at, he was at, I knew him from before, they got talking. I had nothing to do with them hooking up. So it's not like, oh, I did something. But you could not take me out of the equation, and they wouldn't have met each other. So now I look over, there's fucking two people that wouldn't exist unless I actually moved to Florida at a certain date. So there was a time in my life where I go out to Vegas with rap, or am I going to go down to Florida and fucking lay low from whatever I was in trouble with in Philly, and I chose Florida instead of Vegas, or else here's two people that don't exist, and then out of all the people, they're gone. Well, how many lines do we all have like that? How many times in your life could you trade it back? Um, you wouldn't have done something except for a trillion things happened to get you there. Stuff and people that you don't even know about. I mean, w any one decision that you make can have a domino effect that affects literally everybody in the, the world. I mean, every, any, every little decision changes the entire decision process for the, for the course of the universe. Right, but here's the thing. Then how do we get into that, I don't matter, who, no one gives a shit, blah, blah, blah. Because even the stuff that you do that isn't important ends up in the domino effect. Well, because here's, here's what I would argue, that in the end, that whatever this is all coming to... That there isn't, there, there is an endpoint, and all these decisions branching out will all eventually lead back to the same place. It seems like it's technological. Let me guess, Jesus, is that where you're going with this? Oh, is this some Jesus. kind of Waco Jesus thing? Where are you going with it? Well, so with how technology is advancing and progressing, it seems like there's we're coming up to some point where we. I mean, there are they've already recreated the Big Bang in CERN, the Big Bang in CERN last month. I mean, but if it was infinite, then you could never. They wouldn't all come together in one place. If the universes were infinite. Well, I'm saying... Why not? At some fucking point, this whole thing is whether it's a circle or whatever it is, or a fucking spiral, but at some point, there still is existence. And you're saying you find the one key to everything that ever happens. Yeah, the theory of everything. I think that when the world ends, when we eventually break the world technologically... Mm-hmm then you can trace that point everything that we've done every buying an iphone every little tiny decision that you make has led us to this point where the world actually completes but what if you had the that cycle yeah but all right so instead of going that big with it though okay. keep it down to individual lives that you know just like we're talking about all these patterns no one realizes that they're like sometimes you can see it in a friend uh oh he picks the same kind of girl or He's acting like he's quitting smoking, but he's done that so many times. Just think of how much information is out there that we do that we've never recorded. We've never looked at the statistics on it. So how many times do we act like, oh, I have free will and I'm doing something, but you're just falling back into the same fucking pattern that you always have? Well, I mean, I think you can look at it, I mean, because we as individuals, as humans, think that it's imp everything that we do is important, our life has meaning, but if you look at it like we look at ants, everything that they do is all towards the goal of right. making the colony exist. I mean, because I don't think that an individual ant would understand that my part in carrying this bread from here to here is what, in the big picture, makes this whole thing work. No, uh, dig that, and here's the other thing, to even make that bigger... Like, bees don't realize they're doing anything 
for fucking flowers. Yeah. Yet without them doing that, we wouldn't even exist ourselves. So perhaps the whole reason for human beings is that we're just helping to carry some bacteria from one place to the other. No one knows. Well, and when you think about how big the universe actually is, I mean, there's we have black holes that entire other galaxies that have billions of universes exist inside those black holes. This pod is unbelievable. Which, which also have black Seriously, holes. Seriously, this pod's great. But the thing is, I mean, when you think of how big it all is, to think that this tiny planet has any real significance doesn't, it doesn't make much sense. So you're saying it does, we have no significance or we have great significance? I think we're a part, that Earth is just a part of the, the bigger machine. And I'm not saying mm. that's God, but I think there's something way bigger and way more important than just Earth, than what we're doing, than our 90 years alive. Well, to me, big, something bigger than us is always going to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Shaq. Um, but yeah, you're 100% right. But why don't we ever let ourselves think that way? What if you really fucking say to yourself, why are we bothering having any fucking borders? And for some reason, we're not, you know, even into that. And I saw this thing where somebody's mad saying somebody wants to get uh, finally to a uh, a one world fucking thing, uh, you know, a one world nation. And you're like, well, isn't that the most smartest thing that we could ever do as a people but it freaks people out hold on here's david david you're in my hey buddies yeah. um ron my wife and i were just talking about the same thing you were saying in reference to how two people lives our children all came about because of 9-11 um she came into my pharmacy i was working at and as the towers were coming down to escape the dust and everything and if i didn't give her a ride home from brooklyn new jersey that night Two people would have never been existed in this world. So, um, but now here's the other side of that. See, I, I could totally get, but the romantics would say that you guys were meant to meet, and if you didn't meet that way, you would meet another way. But the other, but the real truth is, how many times do you think that maybe you've met the perfect person, but you just weren't paying attention? Or you were with somebody else at the time, or they were with somebody else uh, at the time? I, I totally agree. I was actually engaged to somebody else. Right. And I, I just when I drove her home, it was just one of those things where it just clicked. And she gave me a business card for where she was a sales rep she worked for, and she gave me a business card. And I decided, what the hell, one day I just gave her a call, like weeks later. But at, just, but at the time, like during 9-11, did you start to have like that pangs of like first love, or you weren't paying attention? Um. It was really, it was that gut in your feeling of just, it, you knew it was it. And maybe it was the emotion of being there and with 9-11 everything happening. Maybe it was just that. But it led us to where we are today. It's, you know, you never know. That's the, that's the weirdest thing in the world. And just like that, in the same way, sometimes when, you know, you're like, oh, this whole thing is great, it really could end up fucking everything up down the road, you know? Like how many people have won the lottery and then everything in their life starts to go haywire. People don't look at them the same way, treat them the same way. It all could change. Um, let's get over here to... Uh, let's go to Pirate. Pirate, you're in Fez. Hey, guys. How are you? Ronnie, I know if I look back in time at all the decisions I've made, I can pick out a specific point that I would go back and change that would have altered my entire timeline. Do you ever think about something that you would have changed? 
Well, that would have made your life different? Yeah, there are tons of things. There's tons of decisions I, I would have made differently because of the way they turned out. But that doesn't mean that that was even the right decision to make at the time. I mean, obviously, anyone who's lived on the planet long enough goes, I should have bought that corner lot. Hey, if I would have bought that little fucking beach house, I'd be, you know. So you have literally tons of those. And then back into the I never should have trusted, I shouldn't have. You know, when we did the Pat Cooper interview, he constantly acted like relationships that he were in worked out for the worst. Even some that lasted 25 years. The guy turned out to be a rat, blah, 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 you know what I mean? So you don't get around that. At the same time, what else would you have been doing in those other 25 years? Maybe that guy kept you from being in an even worse situation. You just have no way of knowing. I mean, if you would have bought that beach house, mm -hmm. your family could have been at that beach house during a storm, and your fucking wife could have been, you know, ill. I mean, anything could, your yeah, whole you, life could have changed. Yeah, you really never know at all. Yeah. And, you know, everyone always does that thing of if I, you know, I didn't wash my hands, I wouldn't have been driving through the fucking intersection and gotten that accident. But we don't know how many times because you did wash your hands, you missed the accident. You know, no one ever goes home and celebrates, I made it all the way home without a drunk driver hitting me. And yet that happens every single day. Every single day you run into those kind of possibilities. But we only pay attention to it when we're, you know, up in an airplane looking out the window going, is this thing going to come down? But you're never driving along going, hey, is that fucking person coming at me going to fucking just change lanes for no reason and hit me head on? You're more likely to die in that type of situation. I, think I always do that when I fly. I check out the other passengers just to see if it looks like it's their time. There's that there's that scene in, in, in The Diving Bell and the Butterfly where he he's talking about his friend. He gave up the seat on the trip to, to Berlin, and that guy ended up being taken as a prisoner of war and tortured. Mm -hmm. And he was, and I think he, he even said, he was like, I don't think that this is my fault, but I still feel guilty. Right. Because, because I said I don't want to take this plane, this man... If I wouldn't have made that decision, th his whole life would have been better. I think a lot of times I look back over things and I think, what's, what could I have changed? And I remember the first time I said this phrase, and I wish I could take it back, is, how you feeling, Fez? And I never should have gotten into that. Uh, the day I said, sure, Rustin. Um, there was another day where I said this, yeah, Hicks, have a drink for yourself. All those things... What? I would have changed. Why? Um, I'll, you know what? I wanted to bring up a situation. Maybe I'll talk about it after the break of if you've ever talked to someone who's actually changed your life. Uh, and I had that happen to me within... Uh, a couple of years, within the last, I guess, year and a half. And I'll come back and talk about it uh, after the break. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez. The Virus on Sirius XM.
That's uh, more Elton John. That was uh, all recorded 40 years ago today in uh, New York radio. Uh, Dave Herman did that. I think it was over at W uh, ABC. Um, all right, I wanted to talk a little bit about a a guy who did the show sometime back, who I said had just a tremendous um, effect on me just by meeting him. Um, Philip Carlo was his name, and he was uh, a really, really fine writer, true crime writer, and would follow these stories about some of these uh, serial killers and kind of mafia guys. He would interview them in prison and write up these matter-of-fact books that would make your hair stand on end. And uh, Steve Leeds, uh, a buddy of mine in the talent department, came to me and said... um, Hey, we might be able to do uh, Philip Carlo. And I'm like, that's amazing. I love to bring him in and have a chance to talk to him. And Steve was like, well, I just want to warn you before we do the interview, he has Lou Gehrig's disease. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about such things. I love to bring him in. Um, and Steve Leeds and I are, are one of the things that we have in common, really, really admire talent. Um, when you, one of the great things about working here at SiriusXM is we meet incredibly talented people who do great work all the time. So getting this chance just to talk to Philip Carlo because I, you know, between Unmasked and some of the other shows, uh, interviewing is to me really exciting work. But here, Phil Carlo did something totally different when he's interviewing people instead of geniuses, he would interview madmen. Um, serial killers go into death row and sit down with them. And uh, people that he's done is like Thomas Bater and Richard Kalinske and Anthony Cazzo, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. He would have one-on-one conversations with these people and get them to totally open up, uh, which is just baffling to me. Uh, and then he goes back and reads these, these uh, writes these books that, like I say, it plays to the worst kind of stuff that you can imagine human beings doing. And Phil spent his life shining a light on that. And um, he did have this Lou Gehrig's disease in such a way that when he when they brought him in here, uh, he was in this kind of wheelchair where his body was kind of crumpled up and um, barely any movement at all. And his breathing had to be done through a breathing apparatus the whole time that I did the interview with him. And all of his life, he had to breathe through this breathing tube. And the way we did the interview, and he had this really beautiful wife with him, Laura, that when he would need air, she would put the breathing tube in his mouth. I would ask a question uh, as he's you know getting the breathing tube. She would take it back out. He would answer the question. And when he ran out of air, she would put it back in. And it was amazing because he would be doing this and I could see him kind of slowly running out of air and then it would be gone where he almost had a fish out of water feeling and she put the tube in. He's able to breathe while I'm answering the next question. So he's gone from kind of answering a question, gasping for breath, getting air. And as I'm talking to him, while he's doing that, and you, you know what it's like whenever you've, you've lost breath before. While that's happening, he's still focusing on me answering the question. When he's got enough air, he goes back and answers the question. And I kind of got into this 
rhythm with the three of us. But it was amazing as we're doing this. I'm thinking he lives his life like this all the time. Like this is a an extraordinary moment for me. But he goes through this all of his life and was totally dependent on people helping him. And he knew that he was not going to live. His work was to do this, to write his next book is all he was focusing on. Uh, and that was going to be about the, the the fact that he had this disease, this killer disease, and um, the fact that he'd interviewed killers his whole life. I thought it was so interesting that he would come up with that scenario. So as I was talking to him about this, we're getting into his next book, and Mickey Rourke is going to be starring in a film. And it's oddly enough, on the day Phil died, which was um, uh, on a Monday, that same day, Deadline Hollywood had put something up about uh, James Franco and Benicio Del Toro were going to be, uh, you know, we're going around this project as well, too. So um, all these things were happening as he's fighting off the disease. And he had called me again later. I really kind of hit it off with him. And he'd actually even sent me the galleys to uh, the book that I believe is going to be put out in January, um, which I was really just honored to have the opportunity to read and, and go over. And I just thought he was the most extraordinary guy. The interesting thing was he was an extraordinary guy before he had to deal with this. And after he got the Lou Gehrig's, he just decided, I'm not going to be just about uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, you know. I'm going to continue to do my work. And he worked all the time. He worked all the time. And would actually vacation in South Beach because he liked the warm weather and all. And um, lived an absolutely extraordinary life. So I, I just wanted to set that up um, before I play this interview. Uh, by the way, uh, I mean, obviously he passed away, but here's the strange thing. He didn't die from the Lou Gehrig's disease. Actually, while he had Lou Gehrig's disease, he got this cancerous tumor that was, I don't know, behind his nose or something. Um, just a rough, rough situation. And as he was dying, still working on the next book, still working on getting this movie made. An extraordinary guy. So, uh, obviously... I'll keep letting you know when the, the book is going to be out so we uh, can promote that. And if you're into true crime stuff at all, there's no there's nobody better that's written books uh, than Philip Carlo. And this was the opportunity that I had to meet him. And again, it's one of those things in life I said, it's very cool to have a job like this where occasionally you just get to meet people that you can just say, you know, there's there's heroes. There's people that are running around that are just heroes. So I want to replay this for you. Um, and this is Philip Carlo uh, in an interview that I did with him. Philip Carlo is in studio with us. It's the uh, the brand new book, uh, The Butcher. Uh, Philip, you start to pick up this book and read it. 
you can't put it down, but you don't necessarily have another peaceful moment until you're done this book. Well, I mean, you know, it's a dark subject. It's a difficult material for your listeners' benefit. It involves uh, a capo in a banana crime family who was particularly adept at killing people, and he elevated that to um, getting rid of the bodies in a most unique way, and that was cutting them up. But getting back to what you're saying, all my books involve the truth about what's really going on out there, and I don't hold any punches. I try not to make it, I never make it actually, gratuitous violence. It's always violence in the context of the truth. And if anything, I play it down. But in the end, I think that makes it that much more unsettling because you become further drawn into what's going on. In other words, if I give you nightmares, I'm doing my job. If I make you more aware, you, the reader, of what's truly going on, I've done my job. It, it, there's a, the, a, the aspect of it, too, is that we all... I think there's something in us that likes the mafia, it likes true crime, you're pulling for the outlaw, but then you're being introduced to characters that I don't even think exist in our nightmares. I don't think that you could think of uh, any people that are worse than some of the people in this uh, book. Well, Richard Kuklinski, better known as the Iceman, Mm -hmm. killed over 200 people. He also was a professional killer. And I wrote a very in-depth book about him called The Iceman. Mm-hmm. And he scared people and um, to the point that they began to look at humanity in a different way. Sure. Is he a Martian? Is he from another planet? Or is he one of us? And ultimately, they decide he's one of us because I went deeply into his childhood, the building blocks that made him essentially a raging psychopath and also a guy like the Night Stalker. I wrote a book about him, Mm -hmm. the California serial killer who entered homes in the middle of the night and tore people apart, took body parts, but very cunning, very cagey, always wearing black, highly motivated and leaving semen wherever he went. That is scary. It's absolutely frightening, and it's probably even more frightening to say, yeah, this is a human condition. It just shows what's happening. Even in the case of the butcher, this kid was bullied as a kid. He did not fit in. And at somewhere along the line, this machine gets built that he he loses this humanity. He was a kid like any other kid, a sensitive kid. But at a certain point, as he learns to protect himself, he it just never stops with him until he loves this kind of lifestyle. Well, Ron, you make a, a good point. Uh, basically, he was built from scratch. Uh, he was born and raised in Bensonhurst, Gravesend, Brooklyn, which, by the way, is exactly where I come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, because he was a skinny kid with a very high-pitched voice, he was bullied all the time. In his early teens, he turned to martial arts, karate, and he became very good and ended up going to Japan and studying martial arts. 
and it became, in a sense, for him, like a religion. He had that kind of blind dedication. When he came back to Brooklyn, he was filled with muscles and very dangerous. The mob saw him. He became a part of them. He was inducted. And what he, what he did very well uh, was kill people. He kills people. And, you know, at a certain point... Uh, I'm sure it looked like a success story. I think, you know, as you take this young guy, oh, look, he's he's won this trip to Japan. He's going to study with these uh, brilliant people uh, in another culture. It should have somehow, you know, he ends up being Steven Seagal or something. How does he come back to Brooklyn and become this mad killer? What a great question and what an interesting observation. It's true. And it's also true that it was... Very brave of him to go at that age to another country, another sure. culture, food, not understanding the language, not looking like those people. Uh, but in the whole, the whole key of it is, when he came back, he was right in the middle of mafia dumb. Right. Uh, he was right in the middle. Uh, he was in the belly of the beast. Ground zero. For quite quite any, literally. Yeah. And he started interacting with what he saw, what was around him became a part of it in a peripheral sense and because he had this whole thing about the macho samurai mentality and he fused that with the mafia uh, mentality the ultima machimo and the fusion of the two made for a very very bad dude yeah a scary scary person and again, I still think that probably in our culture, the hitman holds some allure like the gangster. But what the fact of the butchering, of treating the human body like it was cattle, I don't know where the mind... I, even beyond where we're talking about a mind snapping, I don't know why anybody would think that would even be good work. It just would uh, seem like the worst job ever. Well, again, you're hitting the nucleus of what, in a sense makes this a compelling story. It wasn't... He didn't just shoot people. Mm. He took them and put them in bathtubs, got naked, stepped in the bathtub with them, and methodically cut them up mm. uh, with the acumen of a Madison Avenue butcher. And then ultimately, very cleverly, very cunningly, took them out to a bird sanctuary in Staten Island and buried them, knowing they couldn't be dug up, knowing the federal government would protect them, keep them hidden. How diabolical is that? And it went on and on and on until finally one of his own gave him up. Always seems to be the problem with the mafia in terms of it's always about honor or whatever, but if you look even to a lot of the killings that take place, they're to other people in that world uh and when somebody gets ratted on it's by somebody out of that world at a certain point the honor just gives its way out every single time uh, this yes mm. absolutely what you're saying is so but in this particular case what he was doing was so appalling to the person that ratted him out that it was it was of a different ilk a, yeah. a different nature he saw him well Long story short, let me take a breath. Sure. 
Uh, we're talking about the uh, butcher, Philip Carlos, a uh, brand new book. And in the vein of the other books, when you when you start to pick these up and read them, there are certain times where you're saying, I wish I could put this book down. I <laughs> wish I wasn't on this journey. But you read these books, I think, faster than you do any other books because you don't want to. You don't want to not find out how we get get out of this. And at the same time, I think you want to just, I want to jump. I'm into this world, and I want to try to pull myself back out of it again. You know, it's funny. A woman from Australia wrote me recently. These books are published all over the world. Yeah. And told me, it's, I feel like I'm reading a, a train wreck, <laughs> and I want to look away and look away, but I can't. Another woman told me, she feels as though she's she's looking at a a box of kittens on fire. Yeah. But I can't look away. <laughs> it's uh it, it really stuff. So what attracted to you this this style of, of writing? It's nonfiction but it's it's written in a, a way that the whole world appears to you. A lot of times you'll read nonfiction and with a lot of guys it can be just too cut and dry. But this, you're able to feel the neighborhood, you understand what the people are like, and it, it throws you so deeply into their world. Well, first off, I thank you for the compliment, sure. Ron. It's kind of you. Um, the object is to, from my point of view, evoke in the reader what's going on. What's going on, not only on the page, not only uh, in the sentences they're reading, but in, in in a fashion, what's between the lines, and always remembering that the reader has a right to see what I know. Who am I to delete it or edit it out? So what I try to do is refine it down to all the basics and present them in a way where they become part of the story rather than read about a story. Yeah, and it's all subliminal it's all without conscious effort it's interesting and it seems to be almost without judgment like you you present the facts you leave the judgment up to us we, I, I think any thinking person would read this and whatever positive or romantic feelings they felt about the mafia go out the door but you you always do leave that up to us um, if I may mm -hmm. I make no judgments I don't have that luxury. Right. I'm I'm there as a camera recording and listening. How I feel in my heart, how I feel in my head, has nothing to do with what I'm going to write. And I learned that early on. When I sat down with the Night Stalker in San Quentin Prison's death row, and he talked about killing 90-year-old women and having sex with them, it was either like I'd jump up and punch him in the effing face, or I sit there and listen to it for what it is so I can recreate it. But it's, some of it's very hard. But that And also, if you feel that way, anger, uh, judgment, they sense it. They nut up. They don't talk. The only way to get the truth is not to point the finger. In fact, I keep my hands by my sides. It's, it's my eye looking at their eye in their eyes, without judgment. It's, um, 
it's kind of a, a skill that you, we don't see much anymore, particularly since TV. You have the sound bites to put somebody on TV. They're getting screamed at for five seconds, and you can see that person shut down. The the the, uh, the interviewer might feel empowered because they yelled something out, but we really don't get to know the, these characters the way that you're able to explore. Well, it's a very keen, uh, intelligent observation you're making, and it's something that I discuss with my wife often, this whole thing about getting away from the sound bites and getting into it in depth. Uh, and it's interesting because when you do the research and, and you really learn what it's about, it, it's just all there. I sit down with a blank piece of paper. My problem becomes to stop. When am I going to stop? And never have writer's block because it becomes so compelling as opposed to I want to get away from it. This is too long. This is too detailed. Mm. I can imagine that, but at the same time, there's something about the style of way these things start to reveal themselves to you, is, is it doesn't seem rushed. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we get to to meet these characters, and it unfolds as it goes into madness. A lot of times, drugs, as in this book, will become involved. That these people will be pulled closer to evil. Uh, because they're they're not thinking correctly. Any thinking person would be, I'm in a bad situation, I need to get out. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's getting into that world, that milu, you know, being all up all night, freebasing, high on coke, and running out of coke when the sun's coming up, and not going to sleep. Yeah. It's running out and looking for more coke, and then terrible things happen. But what you asked about Mickey Rourke, yeah. if I may. Sure. Uh, Mickey Rourke, of course, will be playing uh, the part of the Iceman in uh, in the film version of the book, uh, and that is um, well, well. And you know, your listeners might have seen the Iceman on HBO. Mm -hmm. HBO did three sixty-minute documentaries about him that were marvelous, really done well. He saw one of them, freaked out. You know, I had to do this guy, I had to play him, portray him the way he really was. Long story short, he contacted me, we got together, and his enthusiasm blew me away. And I realized he is the perfect person to play the role after seeing the wrestler particularly. Sure. So we made a deal, and Mickey Walk is the Iceman. He wants to be as I wrote in the book, The Mick Jagger of Murder. The Mick Jagger of Murder. Uh, Mickey Rourke, of course, too, there was a time where people forgot about him, but if you look back at some of the early work, stuff like Pope of Greenwich Village, just really, really a great actor. And it's great to see him getting this opportunity. I think this is going to be the role for him, too. I think this is going to be the role that's going to be a lot bigger than the rest of Academy Award. Yeah, you're question. predicting already? Without question. Um... So for next, uh, you're also doing uh, a book after this, and it's going to be about your interviewing style. It's going to be about how you talk to some of these folks. Well, you know, I've always felt that writers should not write about writing. They shouldn't write about themselves. But I, it's no secret. I, I've become, I have ALS, mm -hmm. which is a terminal disease. I'm in a wheelchair. 
I needed breathing apparatus, etc. So I decided to try to write about what it's like to be told you have a fatal disease and that little by little your body will die. And it seemed to me, who the hell wants to read about this? But then I thought about the killers that I've worked with and the depth and the intensity of that work. If I could juxtapose that with the fact that suddenly I'm being stalked by a killer, suddenly the Grim Reaper has got his hand on my shoulder, it would be compelling. It would be interesting. And so I'm writing that right now. And logically enough, the book is called Killers. The Killers. And uh, that is something you're going to be working on over the, as the same time as you're producing this film? or how's... Exactly right. And yeah. researching another book. And researching another book yeah, at I'm... the same time. Well, the thing of it is, I decided to keep really busy. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I write about in the book, that when, when this is laid at your feet, you have two choices. You lie down and die, literally, or you stand up and go about what you do. I'm very lucky. I'm an artist. I love what I do. So I just decided to double and triple it, and I work all day every day. I can't wait to get out of bed to go to work. The fact that I can't feed myself, I can't brush my teeth, I try to ignore. I try to make secondary to what is, for me, sunrise. For me, blue skies. It might sound like bullshit, but it's not. When thunder and lightning are on the horizon as it were. Uh, and it couldn't actually become in that, uh, you know, stranger time. Here, the the books are great successes. Uh, the movie is going to be coming out with a movie star who seems to be perfect. You've got a beautiful wife. Everything is there in front of you. Go, and now go, dealing with this. Go figure. Yeah. So was there any time that you spent with this, with a what was me moment? or? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, the day I was told, it was at Columbia Hospital, and I was by myself, and I only then had a slight limp. And when I left the hospital, it was a stormy day, and I couldn't find a cab, and I limped for about a mile. And with every step, I felt worse and worse, and I started crying, you know, no Nobody there. Hmm. Nobody was there at all when you no, just first I heard this even news. Get a calf. Yeah, you which know? is probably experience. You know that's happened to you so many times in New York. Totally. But, yeah, but not when you're told it. You not on a day like that. You're gonna die. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> he said, "Yeah, you get you to get your affairs in order. You know, do you have any stairs in your house?" I said, "I do." He said, "Oh, you're not gonna be able to go upstairs." I'm gonna be real. But the more he talked, the worse it got. But ultimately, yeah, uh, it wasn't so much. It was like bursts of of tears. But, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from the same place this guy is from, Patera. 
and you got to be tough. You got to hang tough. So that's what I'm doing. And you're right. I have a beautiful wife, Laura and Garofolo, Carlo. She's sitting here now. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'd been, I mean, I couldn't live without her. I lie in bed. I can't turn. If the bed was on fire, I couldn't get out of the bed. No. So, uh, I'm luckily, getting, I'm, yeah. well, I'm getting emotional, but yeah. I guess, you know, that's why I write. I, 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 I have that capacity to feel all my career, whatever, 35 years, I practiced being open and letting myself feel. I can watch a cartoon and cry, and it's a good thing. I realize it's not wimpy or being a punk when what you're doing in life is writing about tears, writing about the human condition. In theater, there's the smile and there's the frown. I gravitate to the frown, to the drama, and, and, and look what ended up happening to me. Well, let me just say, as much as I enjoy uh, reading your books and I'm looking forward to the movie, I have a feeling that the next book that you write about this condition is going to be the the one that yeah, is right. going to be the real deal. For sure. And, uh, and May it, I come back with Mickey? You, you can come back here every day. You. you always have a place to Thank hang you. out here. Uh, and I appreciate you stopping in. The my, new my book pleasure. is The Butcher. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to be reading it with the lights on. That's how I got through it. And I'm like, uh, got up occasionally to check the door. I had to you. check the front door. Thank you. Thank Ron. you so much, Philip. What a pleasure to have you in here. I have one word for you, if I may. Sure. Bravo. Uh, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Ron and Fez show. The virus. Serious. XM. Well, just getting ready to wrap this one up. Uh, me and the alcoholic are going to be calling it a day. What is today? Is it uh, is today Friday? Are we off for the weekend? No, today is a Wednesday. Well, Fez, I'm just setting you up for that because now that you don't drink anymore, mm-hmm. every day is going to be a Wednesday for you. There's no such thing as Friday and Saturday and all that excitement. It's just always Wednesday. Uh, looking over, USA versus South Africa. No, no. No score in that game. I'd like to see the big USA get a win here. I don't know what happened today in Brazil, uh, Argentina. Uh, coming up in December, we are giving out a ton of prizes. So make sure you're ready. Set up to play search, search, hurry up and search. Following 202, friends. It's your chance to win some really extremely cool, cool stuff for Christmas. And let's face it, when you win stuff at Christmas, you give it away. So basically, we're giving away Christmas presents, including pet sounds signed by the great Brian Wilson. Insane. 
I can't. I know you. I, I had no idea you were such a a pet sounds lover. It's just, it's just. We actually got Brian Wilson to come in here and sign it. Just yeah. it blows the mind. And it's a fucking LP. Your it's mind should awesome. be blown by that. It's destroyed. Fez, Fuck. when you look over that whole list, what's the one thing that you would love to have? Um, I'll tell you what, that Terminator 2 signed by James Cameron, Oscar winner. Yeah, you have an Oscar winner signature there. Uh, sorry, Fez, you, you don't watch movies anymore. You can't have that. Look at this. Holy shit, we're so lucky we blocked that. But yeah, that's phenomenal. We got James Cameron to sign that. I believe that one signed to Ryan and Fez, though. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Come on, no man. No problem, brother. James Cameron's on uh, fucking too. Yeah, so here's the thing. Argentina beat Brazil one nothing. Yay Argentina! Yay Argentina! Uh, Joe, you're on the Fez. Hey Ron, I just want to congratulate you on another great interview. But I missed the uh, last half. I was doing my laundry. What happened? Oh God! Don't pull a Fez on me. Maybe by doing laundry is that the excuse? I got drunk. He finally had a place to bottom out. Remember yesterday I was really upset by Fez's bucket list thing? Yeah. That he didn't pick one thing for his, you know, our career. Oh, no. I want to meet someone nice, settle down, not have anything to do with anything. Ronald oh. was absent. Yeah. And then I want free chips. Like, Jesus, dude. What about the Amigos? What about the three Amigos? Hi, and... Okay. All right, we're going to close this one down. Uh, Fez, I got only time for a quick meeting after work. Do you have your clipboard? No, I left my clipboard at home. Guess oh. who's drunk? Thanks, Ro, from Long Island. All right. That's it for the home team. We'll be taking off. See you guys. We're all going over to Pepper's house. We're going to help him put in a new window. Finally. Homestar, get in here. Just say it. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. <laughs>